Hello, sweet bitches. Yeah, you. No, yeah, I am talking to you. Dude, relax. This episode of the Joe Rogan Experience is brought to you by 1-800-Flowers. Tommy Buns, you need some 1-800-Flowers in your life, son. I love flowers. Look at that. It's got a little hello, Joe Rogan listeners. That's cute. This is the first time we've ever done their commercial, too. They're prepared. These motherfuckers are they're in the game. I want a flower budget like a hotel. You should. Just have flowers. In the- I love seeing flowers. Flowers are beautiful. Yeah. It's a very feminine thing, though. It's very controversial. If you're a man, you go pick flowers and you live by yourself, you're suspect. <laughs> you're definitely suspect. You're going to fold under pressure. You know? Guys think like that. Sure. But why? Because they're idiots. Flowers are fucking fantastic. They're beautiful. They're some of the most amazing creations that nature has to offer. What I love about something like flowers.com or any florist, I, I love when you have flowers that are in the, a section of uh, the grocery store. That represents to me like a masterpiece of nature, you know, and the fact that you can get them delivered. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. It's incredible. Flowers are fantastic. I wish we should all be f- surrounded with flowers. We're just scared. We don't want to be soft. Yeah, and you never feel um, weird about, like, if you go to, like, a museum or some hotel or some really rich person's house that has, like, garden, like, well cared for. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They have a staff that does yeah. their garden. Yeah. Those flowers, everybody stands in awe. Yeah. Right? Of, like, this, this, it's nature's color palette running through their yard, and there's crazy flowers everywhere. No one feels weird about that. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Like, why don't more men, like, grow gardens of flowers? It's amazing. <laughs> We're going to uncover let's, this, Tommy Let's Bunch. start this movement. We're going to get to the bottom of this, especially with 1-800-Flowers now being a part of this podcast. 1-800-Flowers.com is a special offer on their holiday arrangements and fields of Europe. It's the uh, most popular bouquet of the season. It's, it's really, really beautiful stuff. It's hand-designed, unique arrangement of roses, lilies, carnations. And it's all wrapped up in a bright red ribbon. Come on, Tommy Buns, look at that. That's that's that, see. that makes your your table look better. For it would make me happy reason. to walk into your house and see that on the table. But what if my house was all gangster in every other way? That would be even better. Even better. If I'd like, I was yeah. in the middle of skinning an animal. Yeah, yeah come on over, Tommy. Yeah, I'm you doing a wall manly of shit. AR-15s. I'm making a fire with flint. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, Just check out my flowers. Look at my flowers, Tommy Buns. Pretty nice. I got them from one eight hundred flowers, my friend. It's really beautiful. You see in the picture, if you watch it on Ustream, if you can't see it on Ustream, it's just... Chicks dig that shit, dude. Just dude. go buy it for chicks. If, if not even for yourself, if you can't bring yourself to it, if you're too homophobic, are you too scared? Are you scared of femininity? Are you scared of don't the feminine? Scared. The Yeah. Don't be scared. Don't be scared, homie.com. <laughs> um, it's beautiful. And uh, if you order Fields of Europe, which is that bouquet that we're looking at right there, I don't know why fields of Europe. I guess because all those beautiful flowers grow in Europe. I'll have to ask somebody. Uh, if you order them for a Christmas arrangement, you receive uh, $10 off starting at just twenty nine ninety nine. Plus, it's available for same-day delivery. So if you're like, fuck, I forgot, shit, you can, like, boom, cover your ass. Same-day delivery. Uh, don't wait to send this impressive Christmas arrangement and save 10 bucks off hurry order now sale ends friday december 13th which is in two days what's today tuesday wednesday thursday friday so three days that's beautiful what do you See, show me some beautiful a, flowers at the mgm grand <laughs> i was walking through I, saw, I was like i can take a picture of these fucking beautiful flowers maybe we could change people's perception maybe people would be nicer if they have flowers in their home is that possible i think so you can also get one uh, you can download the mobile app and uh you can order it um, you can order flowers from that, which is pretty badass. So, like, on the fly, on the on the trolley, as it were. 
Uh, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and enter my code, which is JRE. I'm trying to get everyone to use that. Hopefully, they'll comply. But thank God, 1-800-Flowers did it on their own. That's 1-800-Flowers.com and enter in the code JRE on the microphone on the upper right-hand corner. Go there. Do that. Enjoy. You will, you will like it. And it'll make your life like a little sweeter, a little nicer. Spiked, just, you know, just a little nicer, Tommy Buns. It's like a pumpkin spice latte. Just a little What's something. What's wrong with ordering that? Just a little something, you Sweet. know. Just a little something to make, make nice... Make nice, nice everywhere. Big flower advocate, guys. Big Get with the flowers. flower advocate. We're also brought to you by Ting.com. Uh, Ting is one of my favorite companies that we use here on, uh, on the podcast. And one of the reasons being is I, I like when a company does something like this. They just gave you a no bullshit cell phone option. Sweet. Chris Ryan, who's on a podcast all the time, the author of uh, Sex at Dawn. He loves them. He just started using it and saving them money. And it works. They use Sprint. Uh, Sprint's great. You can do it everywhere. You can get internet on it. You can do everything you can on a regular cell phone, but you don't have to have a contract. You can cancel anytime you want. You don't have to worry about all the bullshit that you usually get when you're dealing with cell phones. It can be a gigantic fucking pain in the ass. They offer top-of-the-line Android devices, which is what I use now. I told you that, Tommy Buns. I switched to the Samsung Couldn't Galaxy Note Look 3. I got off the Apple tit, my friend. How does it feel? It feels good to be free of the tit. I thought about using a Windows laptop, but then I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> I really did think about it. I was even asking Chris That's a beautiful, B, like, what's a good Windows screen. laptop? I like changing things up, and even if it's for no fucking reason, I don't know why, but I do. I like changing things up. Even, do, you, do you miss any of the familiarity? The of apps. Your- I miss a few apps, but only a couple of them. Like getting on Twitter, no problem. Shazam, no problem. There's just a few of them that you miss. Just downloaded an awesome app today. Like the Instagram one sucks, a fat one. If you're out there, Instagram coders, how dare you? How dare you try to pass this clunky Android version of a simple and elegant iPhone app? Get it together, bitches. It can't be that hard. But if you want to get a badass cell phone, Ting has them all. They have uh, the Note 3. They have the Galaxy S4, which I probably should have got, which is probably the right size. I think the Galaxy phone and the HTC One, which is also very very dope. I think that's the right size. I think that's a little too big. I think I'm being silly. I think what that is is like I'm on the rebound from Apple. I'm like, fuck you. So I dated like this like really blonde guy, and I went right to a fucking African just dark as shit and now i'm like i don't know if this is gonna work out <laughs> i miss some of the characteristics of the blonde guy sure. you know yeah. i miss the lack of bruising mm-hmm. you know so, so that's what you're like i feel it i'm on the rebound yeah if i was a girl that's my analogy that's a big one right there <laughs> rebound with a big boy yeah <laughs> just fucking i'm tired of your bullshit um Ting is um, one of the nice things about Ting also is you can uh, bring over phones if you have them on Sprint. If you have a Nexus 5 on Sprint, um, you just uh, you can order a Sprint SIM card from them in order to uh, bring your coverage, your device over to Ting. So just go to the bottom of the devices page. And Ting doesn't sell the Nexus 5, but you can purchase one from the Google Play Store and easily uh, bring it over to Ting. Um, the best thing about it is, you know, like if you want to cancel, like if your if your cell phone doesn't work in your house, and sometimes you don't know until you get one, and then you're like, what the fuck, you know, AT and T works here, but you know, the, but Verizon doesn't or whatever. That that's annoying. 
um, if you can't get cell phone service at work or at school or wherever the fuck you're going, you're probably going to want to switch companies. Yeah. Well, if you try to do that with a big company, you're fucking doomed. You have to plus. pay out the ass. Yeah. It's because you're not really buying the phone in total. You're buying part of it and you're sort of financing the rest and they apply that to your bill. That's why you pay one price for one, a phone if you know you sign up for X amount of years. You know, It's kind of slippery. It's kind of a slippery thing. Um, I think it's way better to do it this way. You own your phone, done, and they have the best phones. I mean, it's all like, once I'm like, I'm, I'm totally done with the idea of uh, being stuck with one company. That, that, the one thing that I, that I don't like about the Apple thing too, I don't like getting everything from them. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't, yeah like, I don't like that either. I don't like that I can't download stuff. Like, you can't save movies and files and stuff like that. With this thing, you can save files. Like, I could save PDF files. I have, like, isn't Apple restrictive to uh, Flash, too, right? Don't they have yes, like, big thing Yes, Apple Flash? doesn't do Flash. Yeah. Yeah, but this thing does everything. You know, yeah. I, I, that, I think, I mean, Apple's... I think the iPhone is a pretty fucking amazing. Oh, and if you have an iPhone 4 or 4S, you could bring it over to Ting, too. iPhones are pretty fucking amazing. They're incredibly well-designed. But the difference between them and the Android phones, man, it's really subtle now. It used to be pretty obvious, but now it's pretty goddamn subtle. It's uh, it's pretty fucking close. And the distance between... The di- the difference, rather, between um, the experience you get with the larger screen, that's a big difference. Yeah. The difference between the quality of them is a small difference. That's I mean, crazy. You can't deny Apple's build quality. It's, it's amazing. They make amazing phones. But the difference between the experience of having a screen that's 6 inches versus or 5.7 inches as opposed to having a screen that's 4, there's a big difference. That that phone sucks a fat dick if you're trying to watch a movie. Yeah, it's, this is you can actually watch videos clearly, on it and it looks cool. Yeah. Anyway, ting bitches, T I N G. Go to rogan.ting.com and save yourself twenty five dollars off the um off of your first ting device when you sign up. So rogan.ting.com and save twenty five bucks off your first ting device. It's an excellent excellent cell phone company the way they work you purchase your phone get it from ting you receive it in two to five business days then you activate your device with ting you have the option to select a new phone number or port an existing one and ting will break your rates out by minutes text messages and megabytes and bill you at the end of the month for what you've used why am i pausing um 98 of people <laughs> save money with ting they love it so you'll love it too uh, we're also brought to you by Onnit, O-N-N-I-T. If you haven't been to Onnit for a while, we have a lot of new shit, including uh, digestive tech enzymes. I'm trying to get involved in as many things that optimize health as possible. And I'm sure along the way, there's going to be some that I find not worth the effort, and there's going to be some that I find uh, that don't really seem to help. But uh, I am a believer in digestive enzymes. Um, I think that... You get enzymes from food, you know, and you can get enzymes from, I mean, from uh, milk, like raw milk. It's one of the reasons why raw milk digests better than pasteurized and homogenized milk. Mm -hmm. It's because it has the enzymes in it. It's like it's a normal thing to eat. When you're eating milk and it's gone through pasteurization and, uh, what is it, homogenization? Is that what it is? 
Is that what sure. it? Homogenization? Whatever the word is. Whatever the word is where they boil the fuck out of it and kill everything that's alive. You're not supposed to eat it like that. Right. Like when it goes into your system, your system's like, what is this fucking <laughs> right. dead shit you just threw down the hole? And then you start lifting your cheeks up and cutting horrible milk farts. Yeah. Dude, I was by myself last night and I had cookies and milk and I just laid some of the worst farts of my Ooh, career. Yeah, that's nice. I didn't get any digestive enzymes. I fucked up Tommy Buns. Cookies and milk did it. Yeah, cookies and milk are not good. Gluten-free or whatever, still milk. I had carne asada and eggs Ooh, son. for breakfast with uh, Spanish <laughs> rice oh. and uh, all kinds delicious. of dead stuff that was coming out of me. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it was horrible. Speaking of dead stuff, have you seen the Godzilla trailer? Uh, no. You haven't seen it? Wait, no. Maybe I did. There's a new one. There's a new one that just came out Oh, I've not seen a new one. Oh, it makes me I saw the other one. It makes my monster boner hard. Pretty good? Yeah, it looks pretty badass. There's all kinds of new monsters in here. Yeah. Speaking of monsters, yeah, we have have zombie kettlebells, too. It's the newest thing we have. If you're like a big Walking Dead fan and you're like, you know what, man? I need to prepare for the invasion. I need to feel it in my bones. Try working out with one of our zombie kettlebells. What weights weights do you have? 72 pounds, 54 pounds, 36 pounds, and 18 pounds. If you've never done it before, start with 18. Trust me. You, you can get a really good workout with 18. You're like, that's ridiculous. I'm a fucking savage man. I know you are. I know you are, dude. Trust me. Get the Keith Weber Extreme Kettlebell Cardio DVD that they sell. There's one and two that they sell at onit.com. And the, that cardio workout will fuck you up. I'm in pretty good shape, and that thing fucks me up with 35 pounds. It's what is incredible. It? What's the workout? It's called the Extreme Kettlebell Cardio Workout. It's not like a bulk thing, and you're not lifting like a lot of weight like I do the I, I seriously do this exercise with 35 pounds which is pretty light you know I can mm-hmm. pick that up pretty easy um, but when you do it and you know you get five minutes in and your lungs are on fire and your fucking legs are burning yeah you know you can't believe what kind of a workout you can get with just an 18 pound kettlebell how long do you do that workout for 40 minutes whoa it's intense. hard it's intense it's brutal yeah my heart's killing me at the end of it Everything's killing me. My heart's pounding. I can't breathe. It's amazing that that's like a, that you could do that with a thirty-five pound kettlebell. When I was young, when I just used to do like weightlifting stuff, like bench press mm-hmm. and shit like that, I used to think that thirty-five pounds is for pussies. I wanted to get past that thirty-five pounds as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah. I'm using the fifties now. Like that's yeah. what everybody does. They want yeah. to go to fifties to hundreds. Yeah. Um, I think somewhere along the line, you realize how much strength, I mean, especially when it comes to athletic performance, how much strength you need and how much muscular endurance you need. Muscular endurance is a huge part of anything athletic. And doing doing 35 pounds, yeah, you're going to develop strength, but you're really going to develop muscular endurance. Mm. And you could build muscle on body weight exercises with a 35-pound kettlebell, and you could have a fucking rockin' sexy body, Tommy Buns. I'm, I'm trying to do it, man. Oh, rockin' sexy Tommy Buns! I took my first uh, kickboxing Muay Thai Did you really? class yesterday. Oh, yeah. it's so good for you, man. Yeah. That's great. Especially yeah. if you go to a... What gym? Um, it's, uh, it's down in... So I could stalk you. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> Onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T. Use the code name Rogue and save 10% off any and all supplements. Tommy Buns is here. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, yeah. Um, this uh, Wednesday night, we're at the Ice House. Uh, it's me, Ian Edwards, um, Tony Hinchcliffe. Uh, the Full Charge. Uh, yeah, the Full Charge. Matt Fultron, uh, Lee Camp. And I think that's it. That place is the best. Yeah, it's amazing. It's going to be fun. 
Uh, it's it's one of the coolest places to perform in Southern California. I would have gone. I got to have dinner with my cousin hey, Brian. Do the thing with the thing. If you hey, if you get out of there and they go to bed early, are they going to be at your house? No, we. Have, I'm going to be kind of east side mm, of town. Maybe right, you yeah. got a fucking cut blanche, Tommy Buns. Thanks you come a lot. by anytime you want. I appreciate that joke. And um, December 27th at the Mirage in Vegas. It's me, Joey Diaz, oh my God. Ari Shafir, oh. and Brian Callen. Oh <laughs> Trying to put together the greatest show in the history of the universe. Oh so God. Joey Diaz, Ari Shafir, Brian Callen, and me, uh, all at the Mirage in Vegas. Can't fucking wait for that. You've We're gonna have so be much fun. Shitting me. Yeah, that's gonna be those people. Are gonna walk out of there they're gonna be bleeding from laughing <laughs> that's crazy i spent the weekend with joey oh uh, he's the greatest human being that's ever walked the face of the planet oh my god cue the music we'll talk about you we do the joe rogan experience train by day joe rogan podcast by night all day powerful tommy bond is back where'd you guys go you went with joey somewhere yeah joey and i did uh Calusa Casino in uh, Northern California. What and then part we of did, California is that? That's like, a, it's an hour from Sacramento. Um, and then we did uh, U- uh, McDonald Theater in Eugene, Oregon on Saturday. Wow. Eugene, Oregon must have been fun. Yeah. They had snow, like they had a snowstorm the night before. And all we were like, yeah, it's fucking Oregon. Like they get snow. Big deal. We get there and they're like, we haven't had snow in four years. And we're like, oh, wow. Because they didn't plow any roads. None. So everything was really? just caked over, iced over. That becomes a real sliding. problem. I thought it happened all the time there. Do you remember when they did that in New York City? When it snowed and they didn't plow? Well, they didn't plow. No. There was a big deal. It was a couple of years ago. It was a couple of years ago. There was a huge thing where they didn't budget correctly, and they had really? a big snowstorm, and people were trying to get out. They're like, where the fuck are the plows? Yeah, it's, it's funny. There's certain... You can tell who's set up, who's used to snow, mm-hmm. because of, because, solely because of the roads. Like, when you're in Minneapolis, and they'd be like, you know, eight inches fell last night. You're like, ooh, I wonder how that'll... And you step outside, and you just see... You see black. Like, they yeah. paved it immediately. <laughs> you don't see any white. And they're, they're just on top of that shit, yeah. man. And then you go, like, clearly, like, we were like, oh, you guys never get snow here because the road... And then I saw today people who were at the shows. I went to their Twitter, and they're like, roads are still shit. Like, haven't done anything for, like, three days. Well, there was a, a video, a famous video from Oregon of these people sliding on this icy road. Really? Yeah, it's a famous video because... I guess they're just notoriously shitty at yeah. plowing because it doesn't snow very they often. They didn't do a fucking thing. This video is ridiculous. It's like 10 minutes long of people just crashing into each other. Hilarious. Just, just standing there watching people come down this road and smash into each other. Dude, the funny thing is they the promoter called us a few hours before the show. And she's like, man, we've been getting a lot of phone calls of people like, I can't, I'm not can't drive in this we're not gonna make it she's like a lot so i don't know how many people are gonna be at your show and i was like i was like well i mean you know there's nothing we can do about that like okay right and then we get there and there's still like a great turnout everybody who came was a podcast listener look at this whoa Boom. look how they're sliding all over the place i mean that is fucking ice yeah that guy can't stop his car look Look, he's just going to slide in that car behind him. This is oh ridiculous. Is that you can't stop it. Oh, shit. Boom. And, and that car's going. sliding. They're all sliding. The whole thing is ice. That is fucking terrifying. Because what to the right? That's water. Oh, no. Yeah. Dude, that shit is absolutely terrifying. Here's this guy. Bridges are, are a real problem. 
Bridges, for some reason, because they're not connected to the earth, that ground freezes super quick. So if you're in a place and it gets, it starts getting cold and you might be in an icy rain situation, stay the fuck off a bridge now if this you guy's can. Like, you fucking <laughs> oh my God, look at this thing, man. This is crazy. Look at this thing just sliding. What part of Oregon is this? Doesn't say. Unreal. Portland. That's Portland. Yeah. You, you bitches got to prepare for it. Okay, that's this is preposterous. Portland, Oregon, frozen rain is what it is. You could see on those, uh, like, on that fence when you could see that that shit that's sitting there that looks like snow. It's snow, but it's also a lot of frozen rain. It's like when it gets to be like thirty-two, just thirty-two, and it was just thirty-three, thirty-three, thirty-two, thirty-four, thirty-two, and you get that horrible fucking frozen rain. Boom, son. Shit. Yeah, fuck that noise. He's still going slideways. When I was a kid, when I was in high school, um, me and my friend John Jewett, he was uh, my sister's boyfriend, we were on the roof of the garage, me and him just sitting there drinking beer, watching cars slide into each other in our street. (laughs) The best. (laughs) Because people couldn't, I I lived on a hill, Uh and uh, no one, you couldn't tell that it was total black ice. You couldn't tell. Yeah. So people were driving like normal, you know, and then it would just, woo! I lived across from a river, and like when it would start to freeze, like I would get it, you know, when you're close to the water, you know, I guess maybe it's colder. Yeah. I mean, if that makes any sense. But, uh... The fucking entire street just was a giant hockey rink. So we called the cops, and the cops came down the hill. And the cops came down the hill, just bang, boom. But they came to investigate. Oh, we'll see. These guys don't know how to drive. That's the problem. Yeah, of course. No, the f- whole thing was a hockey rink. Yeah. So they got in and just bounced off the curves. This bang. is in Mass. Woo! Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. It was in Newton. Newton Upper Falls. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was horrible, dude. I got to tell you, Diaz. <laughs> first of all. <laughs> He got stopped in three different airports by like eight different people this weekend. Oh, by throngs of fans, you're saying? Fans, TSA, <laughs> were at the airport. And, Did they uh, want to check out his balls for weed? <laughs> <laughs> he, first of all, my God, his, his tolerance, his, uh, it's unbe- Stunning. Dude, I took a quarter of a bite. Of an edible. You're brave. Quarter. Yeah. Like, I mean, the very end of it. And 30 minutes later, I was just out of my mind. I mean, I, my eyes weren't even open. Okay. <laughs> and I could tell people were looking at me like they're like. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm not hiding this at all. <laughs> like, this is bad. And he ate, of that, he ate an entire one. Like, blah, blah, And then he's like saying ridiculous shit. Like. <laughs> Shit that I I feel like I get arrested for thinking it. Like I, I don't I can't play it back in my head. I was like, dude, shut the fuck oh, up. What man. was he saying? I cannot. I really can't say the main thing that he was. I can't. Why? Can't. It would. You would be. It was. It's not okay to say. <laughs> Why not, is it not okay to it's say? Just, does it have to do with ethnic groups? Or a, a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> so many <laughs> racial things that you can't say. But uh, this one in particular is uh, awful. I'll tell you, it's so awful. <laughs> like I can't even spin it. I can't spin a joke. Well, but the, you know, the, I have a. And this is one of the things that I've been on about lately. I have a real problem when people get upset at people that say shit that they don't really mean, but that it's awful yeah. but hilarious. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Because like, look how hard we're laughing. And I, was I don't in even tears. know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> look at the picture, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what he said. 
I don't even know what he said to you, and I'm already laughing. So just crazy. Thinking about all the shit he said to oh, me yeah. in the past. Of course, of course. Well, he he's going off about this thing. I'm standing there. I look like I'm gonna puke because I'm laughing so hard. Because <laughs> and we're this is in the airport, and he's around people. Like, there's, right? He has no he sense give of a fuck. Like, no, he's like blah blah blah. blah. Like, Shut <laughs> up, dude. He doesn't give a fuck. No, and I have I have tears. People looking, but and then he's like TSA. And uh, this guy, I look in the uniform, looks right. over, and he's like, you got to look at this guy. And I'm like, dude, I'm all fucked up. Like, don't bring attention to me right now. And then that guy, he's like, hey, Joey Diaz, I'm a big fan. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I turn around and walk away. I was like, I'm leaving. He's too high for this. Yeah, I walk away. <laughs> I leave him. I'm like, I don't want any part of this shit. And I go, I buy a magazine that I leave at the counter. That's how high I am. I'm like, I want to get this magazine. <laughs> and then I walk away from it. And I remember like 30 minutes later before we board, and I go back and it's sitting there. And I go, that's my magazine. And this lady's <laughs> like, okay. And I go, I paid for it already. And she's like, okay. Like, go oh, ahead and take funny. that if you want. Like, so out of my mind. But then, then we walk by, we go, and a guy, a fucking pilot comes by. You know, they have like their, they always have that, that double lug, luggage thing, right? They're one bag on top of the other. Yes. The pilot bag. Yeah. He fucking walks by us and he's like, hey, Joey Diaz. And I'm like, are you serious right now? And he's like, this is my airport. Everybody knows me at this airport. I'm like, really? This is my airport. Yeah. Eugene, and then, Oregon? No, this was in, in Burbank. He's like, oh, I Burbank. run Burbank Airport, dog. Ah! I'm like, okay. <laughs> we then get stopped in, we land in Sacramento and people stop him for pictures. Then the uh, baggage handler uh, stops him, asks him like a hundred questions. He's like, I hate these fucking questions. This guy's asking way too many questions. No. <laughs> okay. So we, we leave there. Well, he's super high. He can't of be just course. having conversations with people. <laughs> then a family stops him. A lady with kids stops him for a picture. They all take a picture together. Like it was nonstop. The best was that, oh, this is the best part. So I take the quarter bite, right? And I'm completely fucking out of my mind. He eats an entire one. We sit down on the plane, and he starts talking to me. I'm like, shut up, man. Shut the fuck up. I cannot listen to you right now. Because I'm like shaking. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I, I got So you told him to shut up because you're laughing too yes, hard? Yes. Okay. I'm like, I can't hear you talk. Shut up. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, <laughs> he like looks around. He's like, anyways. And he opens up a second one, eats the second one. And t- of, of the thing I have a quarter bite of. So he's on... Eight doses of what I'm on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Jesus Christ. So we go through this flight, and every time he looks at me, I, I, he goes, oh. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like dude, shut You up. ever heard the Duncan story? No. He gives Duncan a cookie, and then he calls him an hour and a half later. He goes, welcome to my world, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so oh, oh, oh. we land, we <laughs> land, and I and um, as we're landing, I was like, man, I go, dude, I was, I was pretty fucked up, man. And he goes, and I look at him because all I'm thinking is like, I can't believe how much more advanced you are than me. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. like I cannot believe. Oh, you mean tolerance wise? Yes, like it's like I can't believe. I ran a mile and you just ran 40 miles. Like, that's crazy <laughs> to me. And we both finished at the same time. And then I go, so I'm amazed that he's not affected. I go, I, I can't believe how much that fucked me up. He goes, I almost had three panic attacks on that flight. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yes. It made me so happy that, that, he, that he was also fucked up. And he, I was like. Um, but he doesn't care. He still goes back, right back right in. Right back in. I go, 
I go, I'm glad it's starting to wear off. He goes, not for me. I'm fucked up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his idea of going deep is so much deeper than your idea. Yes. He's breaking world records on a daily basis. All the time. He's at the bottom of the Marianas Trench with a shovel. And he's like, there's got to be a deeper spot. This is bullshit. And the (laughs) first thing he did as we get off that was like, let's smoke this joint. I was like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, man? We're not smoking a joint. (laughs) I can take a break. He's a maniac. He's a fucking maniac. Yeah. Well, he just goes through the whole day like that. And that's where, you know, people would step in and say, that boy's got a problem. Yeah. I'll tell you what. But he doesn't. Yeah. Because for a comedian, it might be the best way to live life. Yeah. (laughs) Scared on a regular basis and in between laughing your dick off. Scared, laughing your dick off. Scared, laughing your dick off. Yeah. He, um, uh, he's... The funny thing is, like, even his regular cadence, it, it so is out of the norm for other people. Yeah. That you see people react to him. It's more fun to even watch people, like, at the restaurant next to us react to him than it is almost to watch him. Like, he's talking, and I see them, like, they're like, Jesus, like, I've, this is like a fucking, it's like you brought in a pit bull to have lunch here. You know what I mean? They've yeah. never seen somebody so intense and right. animated and saying these crazy things. It's like you watch them react to Joey. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, man. He's just, it's just, a, they, they don't come along that often. No, he's a, it's a rare thing. That's a, they're like, well, who's this guy? Yeah. yeah, you know, like, you know, guys, and you go, oh, I get it. That guy's like a little bit of this guy, a little yeah. bit of that guy. He's a combination of Joey's just like, what is that? Where'd that come from? You want to kill somebody, you invite him over for dinner. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, his, his, his logic, yeah. how, to, how to get crimes committed correctly. Yeah, exactly. And then my favorite thing is he'll say something and go, you know what the fuck I'm saying? And then he just walks away. Yeah. Like he'll end on a strong point. Uh-huh. You want to kill somebody, you invite him over for dinner. Boom. Boom. He walks away. Great sense of timing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It's it's a stand-up timing that he uses like in everyday in life. In real life. Yeah. yeah. It's in like real he's never doing an act. Yeah. Because his act is his life and his life is his act. Yeah. The way he talks is his act. Totally. That's like the best you could ever hope for. The best you could ever hope for is like a merging of you. Of your ability to be you off stage and on stage. Yeah. I mean, I mean look at like who everybody... Or a lot of people, let's say, is like, you know, a t- total master comedian basically talks in his voice. Like Chappelle yeah. walks up and is like, tells you about his day. Yeah. And that's kind of like the highest form, right, of being a comic because you're like, I'm just going to, this isn't even a thing. I'm just talking to you. Yeah. And like Diaz is like a version of that where like he's just being Diaz. Yeah, just being Diaz. But he also works at it. You know, he, he writes, works really hard. He writes, he, he does a lot of sets. Joey does a lot of sets. He, he'll he go up like four or five times a week in town at weird places. He'll you know, yeah. travel to Oxnard and shit and yeah. do a set somewhere. He does a lot of like weird sets. He does. You know, he gets yeah. up a lot. He was killing him, man. Killing him. I'm sure he was, man. Yeah. What is uh, Eugene, Oregon like besides hippie and they don't know how to plow? We we got to see so little of it because of the weather. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was a for real hotel gig hotel. There was no checking anything out right but the people were awesome i mean i couldn't believe how fun that was the most fun that was the funnest show i've had like top three show of the year wow that fun and it was because of that weather the only people that showed up were podcast listeners right so they listened to joey's podcast they listened to mine and they were just all fans so it was like it was such a it was like doing a you know 
It's like a, a special event kind of show. Yeah, these these audiences are so different now. Oh my god, they're like Crazy. cunt free. Like you get like the like the amount of cunts that you get. Yeah. There's so nothing small. but love. Yeah, yeah, it's just nice people. Yeah, it's <clears> awesome. awesome. It's uh, it's weird, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's it's and it's you can see it's changed so much. Like for me, it's changed so much in the last few years. Yeah, it's changed Absolutely. for everybody. Yeah, everybody, all of us. Yeah, it, it's changed. And then the other thing that like we do now is we do our podcast live, and it's like it's it's like a different type of live performance. Right. You know, it's so <clears throat> fun to go. Yeah, you have a totally different thing going on. You guys have like a live show. Yeah, it's like a show. You know, it's like <clears throat> a, like a, an actual performance. But your podcast fits that well because your podcast has a lot of like reoccurring sketch sketches or yeah. skits. Yeah, skits. You call them skits. segments almost. Big yeah, yeah. Bits. It's, yeah, bits you do. You have a, a bunch of reoccurring things that you do that yeah. people look forward to. They look forward to. Yeah. So what we try to do on those live ones is like, if we know they look forward to it, we try to at least do a couple of them. And it gets the crowd so excited about it. So it's right. like a fun thing. It's like it's almost like the equivalent of being a band, and you have a couple hits. You know what I mean? Like right, where right, they right. you know they like that song. So I'm going to play this song at some point because I know that's why you showed up, right? Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty fun, man. It's changed everything though for for our stand up too. Yeah, it's weird, right? Uh, it's it's so crazy. <clears throat> It's weird that it all happened out of the internet, too. Everybody thought they had to get on TV. Everybody thought the, the way to get a, a, a fan base is to be on TV. But that's actually the way to get a fan base that doesn't really know you. Exactly. Like, if you're on a sitcom, like Mike and Molly, Billy Gardell, very funny guy. If yeah. you're going to go see him. Great guy, too. Very good guy. Yeah. Great guy, funny guy. You know, good for him. He's got a, a sitcom. It's great. Yeah. But if you want to go see him, you, you, you're you going to see the funny guy that you see on that show, which on is CBS. Billy playing a character. Yep. It's not him doing stand-up. If you go to see him doing stand-up, you, you know, like, you know him in a form of what he does. Right. But you don't know him. Right. When they go to see you, they fucking know you. Right. I mean, you and I, the, the way we talk right now is the way we talk when we shut this thing off. Right. If we shut it off, it would be... Real similar. Mm -hmm. We'd be talking shit. You'd tell me what Joey actually said. That's it. <laughs> that would be the only <laughs> That'd difference. That'd be the only difference. That'd be the only difference in this conversation. And I think um, it's the best way to get a good crowd or an asshole crowd. If you're an asshole and you promote assholeish behavior, I've fucking seen it, man. Have you seen it? Absolutely. With who? I can't tell you who. Does his I, name rhyme with? No, but it, I, it's somebody. <laughs> I. It's somebody. I don't think you know. Oh and yeah, yeah. I don't know that dude. You don't know this guy. Yeah. But I've seen. I've seen green hair, real tall. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've seen. I've seen people cultivate those. And I've also the other thing I've seen is people who have that problem you're talking. And I, mm. I say it as a problem is that they might be a certain way, then they do this show that's not like them, mm. and you draw a crowd who's like, I thought you were going to be this type of humor. Right. And that's the great thing about doing your like your like. It works out great. I'll tell you, it works out great for is a guy like Tosh, mm. where he does his style of jokes on Tosh.0. If you're not responding to what he's doing on that show, if you don't like that, you're not going to like his stand up. But if you like what that show and you like those jokes, you're going to love seeing Daniel Tosh live. Yeah. You know? He's, yeah. It's the smartest way to promote his live stand up is doing that show. Yeah, it's his a wheelhouse. Yeah, it's great. <clears throat> It's fucking funny too, man. It's great. It's so Damn. funny. He has some good writers on that show. He does, yeah. He's a funny guy. He's a really funny guy. He's a good guy too, man. It's a really good guy. 
It's nice. It's nice when good guys make it. Definitely. You know? yeah. Like Joey Diaz was talking about Kevin Hart, about what a great guy Kevin Hart is, because Joey's in that new movie with him, with oh, yeah. Robert De Niro and Sylvester Stallone, whatever it is. They're like yeah. 80, and they're going to box. People, do people understand bleeding? Do you understand like how hard it is to stop blood from you know, pouring out of your fucking brain when you're 80 and you're getting punched in the head? Like The idea of that movie is more preposterous than Godzilla. <laughs> that the idea of that mo- movie that you're gonna license is the to- idea is it like former <clears throat> champs former yeah former boxers and they hate each other they're gonna get together do it one more time and they're like eighty Man. this is like it's so irresponsible too yeah. because you know what when you're eighty and you take head injuries you don't fucking recover from it. ever. I yeah, mean, the suspension of disbelief yeah. involved in watching two old guys beat the fuck out of <laughs> each so other funny. on TV. This, nobody would pay for that. It would be sad. Like, if you saw Larry Holmes today, and Larry Holmes yeah. fought, you know, Bone Crusher Smith today, yeah. I mean, it would really be sad to watch. And Larry is at least 15, maybe even 20 years younger than Stallone. How how hurt would these guys be? You think during the fight? Would they just they die? They both die. (laughs) (laughs) Sylvester Stallone is juiced to the gills. Okay, seventy two years old. Looks looks fantastic. He would murder. I'm sure murdered De Niro unless De Niro yeah. got on the sauce as well. De Niro would have to be on the sauce for at least a year. Maybe he is. I mean, so many men are on testosterone replacement now. Yeah. They have commercials for it on television. Totally. But I, I have a feeling that the levels that Sylvester Stallone takes are very high. Yeah, like, he's got a really low body fat, too. I mean, like, Have you seen a picture of him walking down Beverly Hills and you see the veins in his forearms? No. Dude. It's I saw most, a still from this movie that looks crazy yeah. as shit. We're sounding gay for St- Sylvester Stallone right fine. now. Fine, yeah, I'm fine with that. Give me your flavor. I met the so. guy. Uh, I had to interview him for mm-hmm. uh, Spike TV, and he couldn't be nicer. Yeah, normal. Like, d- didn't give a fuck. He's he's been there, done that for so fucking long. That's the reason why he has like a sense of humor about himself now that mm-hmm. maybe he didn't when he was younger. Like, he's very relaxed, man. Yeah. He's very like talking to him could not have been like easier and smoother. Like when you're talking to like someone and you interview someone, a lot of the conversation depends on whether or not that person is relaxed, whether or not they're comfortable. Yeah. And if they're not comfortable, man, the conversation's gonna suck. It's it's hard to do. With him, he's just at ease, laughing and joking, and you know, made, made some joke about his mother's intelligence, and just it was just funny, man. Yeah, yeah. just relaxed. Yeah, that's know? cool. <clears throat> but you're not supposed to look like that when you're 70, son. No, that shit's ridiculous. I heard De Niro. De Niro's like the most notoriously difficult interview. Well, he doesn't want to do it, right? And he shouldn't. You know, I think a guy like that has deser- he's earned the right to talk to whoever he wants to talk to, and that's it. Yeah. And if he doesn't want to be interviewed about things, I don't need to know him. Right. <clears throat> he can tell me about him what he wants to tell me about him. I don't need to know him. And I think the 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 beauty of being an actor there's probably some there's probably some merit and some extra power in me not knowing him. Right. And knowing that he can go from being the guy in Taxi Driver to, you know, being, you know, name, fill in the blank, being the guy from The Godfather to, yeah. I mean, he can morph. He can change who he is. Being the guy from Cape Fear, he can morph. And I think if you know too much of what he is really like, could you imagine if like, say if De Niro had a podcast 
and on the podcast every day. <laughs> he's got his glasses over his nose like that. Whoa, see what we got here. And he's he's reading things yeah. and he's giving you his opinions on things. I like it's, flowers. When actors start doing that, it puts them in a weird category. It's true. It's true. And, and, and it almost like the ideal way to be an actor would be to do no press. Yeah. Like they do press because they have to. You yeah. know, a lot of times they're contractually obligated to do press to promote movies. To and it's all about promoting, but it does. You know, the more you know that person, uh, the harder it is to see them playing characters. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, things get weird. <clears throat> like, like th- that was one of the things that was that people relished about that. Um, the audio that was leaked of Christian Bale screaming uh, at, yeah. at some guy on the set. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, wow, he's a fucking asshole. He's an asshole. And yeah, he's definitely, obviously, very aggressive. But what people, what people liked about that is they got to see a human, like with no script, no, okay, I'm going to go sit on the couch with Oprah, yeah. no chatting here with David Letterman with my legs crossed like I would never do in real life. Yeah. There's none of that. Yeah. He's like, for fuck's sake, man, you're a fucking amateur. Yeah. Just screaming Intense. at some lighting yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, Sylvester Stallone at like 70. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's not a joke either. He's like 70. How old is he? 67. 67. That's like 70. That's amazing. Jesus. Yeah. Um, my grandpa didn't look like that when he was 67. Matter of fact, I think mm. that's around when he died of old age. I think my grandpa died of old age around 60, around 70. But he didn't look like that. No. At all. No. My grandpa stopped looking like that like 63, 64. <laughs> There's just something weird about that, man. The idea that you can have a movie where these two dudes who are in their late 60s punch each other in the head and their brains just are fine. Jesus. That was when he was young and sexy. Do you? Look at that. <laughs> that was Jesus. the old days. Look at him. Look at that beautiful face. Very unusual face. If Very. I was a chick, I'd let him send it in. Yeah? Just for that unusual? Just for that face. Yeah. Just that 70s look with the fucking Teased plaid hair. jacket on, Oof. the beautiful hair. It's feathers. Yeah. Those are feathers, not even hair follicles. Yeah, he's um, he's the canary in the coal mine for all men who don't want to get old. Like w- That's what you can look like. You might be a workout animal at 67 too huh i don't know i don't know if i can keep it up i don't know you got to face the inevitability of your own demise at some point in time i would assume that you can keep up a certain amount but um our buddy jimmy just had a fucking hip replacement uh mark coleman former ufc heavyweight champion the first actually ufc heavyweight champion just had a hip replacement the hammer the hammer hammer great guy Hip told me, yeah, he told me he was in fucking pain for a long time. He mm. just couldn't do anything about it. It's like the 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 amount of like work that you have to do to be like a high level amateur wrestler. Yeah, the amount of fucking beating that puts on your body, the amount of stress, the the it, it, just the intensity of those workouts, and the they they're all tough as shit. So they all power through injuries all the time, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys get you know really long term stuff. Like I know Coleman, he's had neck surgery as well. Tito has had uh, two, at least two discs fused. Jesus, you know, um, Nate Nate uh, Quarry had uh, at least two fused as well. He had like artificial disc put in his lower back. They they create artificial discs now and yeah. they screw them into the. It's it's a fucking tough business, man. Now there's no question that like guys like that and professional athletes are obviously like really doing you know long-term damage where they have a lot of these replacements. Oh, yeah. But don't you find that even the amateur 
athlete that does certain sports for a long period of time, inevitably a, a percentage of them all need the same thing too. I mean, I have an uncle who was, you know, not a pro athlete, but a guy who played either racquetball, handball, tennis, like six days a week. Like one of those just guys who was really into it, devoted, you know, that was his whole pro. Dude, he's had two knees and a hip replaced. And oh, I know, God, I know other guys who are not, because he's like 72 now. But I know other guys in their 60s, like just like friends of parents and stuff. They're like, oh, you just had a knee surgery. And these are just guys who, you know, played sports. Like they were active people. Right. Didn't do anything like, you know, violent. <laughs> Didn't do uh, combat uh, contact sports. But they all have things, surgeries, you know, back, knee, hip. I feel like it's almost inevitable. It's almost inevitable if you keep beating your body up, if you don't do the proper rehab, if you don't stretch, if you don't keep your joints mobile. That's the focus, There's, there's right? a lot of shit. A diet, you got to give your body the building blocks to, to repair tissue. You got to give that tissue time to repair. Yeah. A lot of injuries come, and this is from my personal experience, the injury that I had on my neck was from getting hurt and just continuing to work out, like knowing I was hurt and just just gutting it out just I, uh, jujitsu is so fun it's so fun that you don't want to take too much time off and when i would take like two weeks off like i'd, I'd fuck something up in my neck i'd take two weeks off like realistically i needed several months off like i had right. an injury and what i really needed to do was take several months off and rehab the area and make sure it's strong but i would just hurt it again a couple mm -hmm. months later pop ah fuck i'd hurt it again and it just kept hurting it yeah. i kept doing it over and over again until i finally got an mri after the worst one when i started getting numb fingers and i found out that i had a bulging disc in my neck but instead of getting surgery, instead of getting my neck cut open, I started doing what's called spinal decompression. I have this like uh, thing that I a harness I attach to my neck and I put it to a door and I like hang myself basically. Really? Yeah, I started doing that and a lot of stretching and then rolfing. I started getting rolfed, hmm. which is fucking really painful shit. Super painful, right? Then I started doing this stuff called prolo ozone therapy. Like I'm trying like really hard to make sure that this area is completely healed up before I do anything crazy again. That's smart. So then I did that and then the most recent is this re regenicide. Regenokine is this uh, shit that this guy, Dr. Peter Welling, developed in Germany. They take your blood out and they spin it and they, uh, they they heat up the blood and then it produces, I guess it produces more red or more white blood cells and they spin it in a centrifuge and it makes this like yellow serum. It's like one of the most potent anti-inflammatory drugs known to man. It's made by your own blood. And I'm, I'm doing a terrible job of like explaining the yeah. science. I'm sure I butchered it. But Whatever it is, they take this stuff, they take it out of your blood, then they inject it into where you have injuries or inflammation, mm -hmm. and people feel like they haven't felt in 20 years. It's incredible. Like, he did it to my neck and uh, only a month ago, like Do five weeks ago. inject back into your neck? Is that where it goes? Yes. It they, have, like, they put, like, in, in very specific areas where you have the inflammation, they inject that, that serum that's created from your blood into that area where you have the inflammation, and... It heals it so quick, it's like you're in a movie. Really? Yeah. It's like they they created some new invention to re relieve yourself of inflammation. But you're basically on, this is like cutting edge stuff, right? I mean, It's pretty is, cutting edge. It's not even approved by the FDA. You have to pay for it. Pay for it out of pocket. Yeah. yeah. You have to pay for it out of pocket. Uh, in Germany, they let you do it, which is why all these athletes are flying to Germany. But now they're starting to set up places in America, and they do what's called, um, I think... 
off label. I think that's how to describe it. Off label, and which really? means like they can't guarantee anything. They can't tell you it's going to do anything for you. The FDA doesn't approve it. They can't say it's going to help you, but they can do the procedure. It's legal if you want to get it done. Here's all the people that have done it, and here's how it benefited them. Wow, it fucking works, dude. My neck feels amazing. It feels so loose. It was like for the longest time. Is this a video of them doing it? Yeah. This, they they pulled out uh, eight ounces of blood out of me today, son. Eight ounces. Yeah. Lucky wow. I'm very hot blooded. I produce blood just sitting here. I'm producing a lot of blood. <laughs> and they shoot it. See how they're doing it here? They uh-huh. they put these little holes and then they, they have this little thing that sticks in the hole and they inject the serum directly into the areas where you have inflammation. And people who've had arthritis and all sorts of different issues, especially like lower back pain, they've experienced some pretty significant benefit from doing this stuff. And it lasts for years. That's awesome. fascinating shit. But, you know, these dudes that are in uh, combat sports, whether it's um, MMA or even football, which is kind of like a combat sport. It's yeah. very similar. Yeah. You're going to get a beating you, no matter what you do. Yeah. You're no matter get, who you are. Yeah. Peyton Manning actually had this shit done. Had it Dude, done to his was, neck. His neck was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Probably just like mine. Yeah. But now he's playing again. It's crazy. He's playing so well. It's, it's because stupid. of this shit, man. Yeah. It's because of this Regenekine. This is just step one. This motherfucker in Germany is a year away from developing a shot that makes your body kickstart its production of collagen, which means your wrinkles will go away. Really? Old ladies are going to look hot as fuck. Ooh, they're going to write they're gonna a gonna check want some for dick. that, too. Old ladies are going to want some dick, son. How many Could you imagine if oof. your next-door neighbor was like this old lady who was really hot at one point in time and lived for it, and then it all fell apart, and then she's by herself and alone, and she starts getting them shots, and then within like a year, she's like a hot MILF, a hot 40-year-old, oof. and you're like, what the hell That's, is going on? Can I and then she, some flour? She's flirting with you, yeah. you, you catch her out in the morning, she's doing exercises, and She's jogging on the front lawn. She's got like, new yoga oh pants. my god! She can work out again. Oh. What the fuck is going on next door? This bitch is going back in time. She's eating babies. She must be eating babies. <laughs> if you didn't know any better, you would think she's a witch. Of course. If all of a sudden, within a year, she looked like a hot forty-year-old. Give me that baby. I wonder if that's possible. It's got to be. They're gonna do it. If you if you could send a video through the fucking sky instantaneously, you could take a video. You could send it to me from Canada, and I would get it within a couple of seconds. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's yeah. possible. Look at that. That's your neighbor, bro. Yeah. Hey, look at that. And you're like, Ice Cube. Ice Cube's all rapey there. Very rapey. <laughs> Damn! This fucker finer than a motherfucker. <laughs> Damn. I knocked the dust off that pussy. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Just like that. Yeah, if that Do was I get an to old be lady. Tucker right there in that scenario? No, you get to be Tommy Buns. Okay. I think you'd have a better response for that. <laughs> look, look at this. Look at this dirty bitch. What'd you say, honey? Huh? Nothing. Yeah, that's what we would uh that's what we'd be dealing with everywhere, all across the world. A lot these, more fucking going on. A lot more fucking. The old guys would become studs too. The sure. old guys within a couple of years would start looking like Stallone does now. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine like successful guys, like guys who All were of a sudden, real yeah. power brokers. Rupert Murdoch becomes the Hulk. Oh my god. Literally looks like the Hulk. And just dropping dick internationally. Yeah. Every Comes day. to the door with a custom suit on because his neck is thirty seven inches <laughs> wide. His head's enormous and square. And this is Rupert Murdoch becomes like literally like juggernaut. Yeah. He becomes the Hulk. 
What would you do if someone came along and they did have some sort of a genetic fix, like, and especially if you're an old man, if you're like 80 years old, and they say to you, "Well, we can give you this shot. They'll turn you into this shape. You will, you will morph. You're going to eat all day long because you're going to be hungry constantly. But if you give yourself the required amount of calories to grow, you're going to be this in like a couple months. <laughs> you just fucking keep growing." <laughs> Old guys be all all over it, man. You, no question. Your dick no just question. becomes like a Quaker Oats box. <laughs> just just one of those big, extra thick Quaker Oats boxes. I think, you know what? You'd be so charged up and so sexually recharged. Mm. You'd just be leaking jizz all day. Everywhere. Would, you'd have to put a little, like a little receiver, a little mm-hmm. receptacle at the end of your cock. You'd have to tie a very sturdy balloon on the end of your dick. Absolutely. Tape it down. <sighs> Otherwise, you'd just be shooting loads in your pants all day. Uh, and you just go, you just literally have to drop them. I think that shit's inevitable. They're doing things right now that are the building blocks of creating superheroes. Like, they have this um, this project where they're trying to combine spider silk with, uh, with human skin. They're trying to make what? this synthetic skin um, that would be like a replacement skin. Like burn people, burn yeah, victims? like burn victims, and you know, and maybe people who just really wanted to redo their whole body one day. Really, look, man, they're replacing hips. Okay, what is a hip? A hip is a joint. They saw your fucking joint off. When you see a hip replacement, it's some dark shit. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched it online? No, no. Let's do it. No, uh, Let's shit. watch a hip replacement. It's rough. They uh. saw the end of your femur off, son. And they screw this fucking bolt in place. It's gnarly. All that shit. Surgery is gnarly. Surgery is gnarly, but replacements of joints, especially hips. Have you seen a facelift? Oh, yeah, that's gnarly. Or a nose job? Oh, that's gnarly. gnarly. I I didn't see what my nose looked like, but you saw some of the bloody boogers after I had my nose fixed. I saw you... Do you, remember pretty, I showed you those. You almost threw up. Dude, I showed was, you one of the boogers. When, when you were putting that water pick up your nose? Yeah. And it was flushing stuff out? Yeah, let's... Um, maybe we shouldn't watch this. It looks like a ham. They, they open you up, and then they, they cut off the end of your leg, and then attach this artificial joint. Who was the first guy to make a fucking artificial hip? Because that guy took a goddamn chance. He really He's really like, did. all right, we're going in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many people... How much did his hip suck where he was like, cut my fucking leg off? (laughs) Yeah, the first guy. Yeah. Well, my friend uh, who had it done in New York, according to uh, our friend Brian Callen, he was... um he was walking so bad, like he one leg would bend and the other leg he would just sort of swing. Oh my God. He would swing it over. He would keep it attached to his body and like sort of swing his body sideways, and that's how he'd move forward. He didn't use his hip. Was he this had, a, a fighter guy? No, no, no. 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 He put, just played basketball on uh, concrete in New yeah. York City. Yeah, he played a lot of basketball, and he was like fifty now. Yeah, his leg fell. But see, apart. there's another one. Like, have you seen like the way some of these old basketball players walk? Mm. Holy shit! But they're really big too. They're you monsters. Th- yeah. You think when you're they talking are. about a seven foot human, yeah. the amount of like torque that goes on to all these different joints, the yeah. ankles and the knees and the hips. There's so much pressure because you're dealing with this extremely long lever. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why like long legged and long armed guys punch so hard. It's also one of the reasons why they're so good at submissions. They have like extra leverage because their their limbs are literally longer. Yeah, you know, they have more f- a better fulcrum. Yeah, that makes sense. But it also puts tremendous pressure on your joints because of that. Have you ever seen Phil Jackson walk? Yeah, like, in recent years. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he was a, you know he was a player for a lot of years. His walk is the most like it's you see the pain when yeah. you watch. You're like that guy's walking in pain. 
Well, when I was a kid, I worked at the Boston Athletic Club, mm-hmm. which is a uh, health club in South Boston. Nice place. And uh, people would come in there and play racquetball a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, And Bobby Orr used to come in there all the time. Oh, yeah. One of the greatest hockey players of all time. All time. And when I was there, I was about 19. And uh, I don't know how old Bobby was. He was probably about my age now. I'm 46. And he couldn't walk, man. Really? Oh, man. I mean, not only could he not walk, he, his, his sides of his legs were cut open like fish. Like the the scars that they put on his legs like he's probably older than me he's probably in, you know now that i think about it he was probably older than me then i bet he was probably in his 50s but the the old way of doing it they would just open you up like a fish and then they would take chunks of your leg like your hamstring mm-hmm. and screw them in place and try to replace ligaments with them and they would last for a little while and then they'd blow out so they'd have to fucking stitch you up again and bobby orr had something insane like 17 surgeries <laughs> oh so when he walked man he couldn't he literally couldn't bend his knees yeah so he would like kind of hop yeah. and move his leg forward and put it down and lift up and move his leg forward and put it down and there was a machine called a Versa Climber. A Versa Climber. You ever see one of those things? Uh-huh. Great cardio machine. Yeah. Get on there and fucking go crazy with this thing. He couldn't get on it. We used to have to help him on it. We used to have Bobby to help Orr him to lift help his him leg up. And when you looked at him, if you looked at his face, he looked like a real healthy guy. He wasn't yeah. out of shape. He wasn't you know overweight. His just his legs were gone. Hockey's so fucking brutal though. That's oh, crazy! I mean, think about it. You're sliding around. And you're on ice. Yeah. Your knees are going every fucking which way. Yeah, you know. And, and then there's the a bunch of coming dudes at you like slamming forty miles you. an hour. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and once your knees go, you know they're gonna keep going. Yeah, I know that Ditka hasn't been able to like walk normal for so long. Wow. And he's you know he's probably like seventy or something now, but <sighs> he hasn't been walking normal in fifteen years plus. You know, because those guys, guys like Bobby or Mike Ditka played, you know, so long ago that they would just, they, they really didn't do the most important thing when you're hurt, which is like take time off. Mm-hmm. It was like. Nobody did back then. Yeah. Fucking play. Yeah. You know, obviously that's especially relevant when it comes to concussions. Oh, yeah. Because they're really just starting to kind of get a grasp on that within the last 10 years of yeah. like what kind of regulations they should have. You just have. played. Yeah. For sure. Especially school, if you were college everywhere. Absolutely, absolutely. Like toughen up, pussy. Toughen up. Yeah. And they would and they were doing and it, it was so not about being tough. Those guys so many of those guys should have been not having any contact for weeks or months. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and they were just rocking their brain for week after week, probably mm. multiple concussions in the same week. Yeah, man. Crazy. And all these guys that keep dying and shooting themselves in the heart so that people can examine their brain. Ugh. Just that alone is like God, that's so dark. Yeah. Early onset Alzheimer's, um, dementia, and they're like 45, 50. Yeah. I think they're very close to being able to figure out how to regenerate human tissue. They're, I think they're going to be able to turn back the clock. Yeah. I think within 100 years, it's going to be. I mean, you and I might not see it, mm-hmm. but I think they're very close to being able to create, literally create superheroes. If you think about look, what people have accomplished in such a short amount of time and what they can do now as far as like gene therapy and using stem cells to heal things. Like Boss Rutan went down to another country to get a uh, stem cell treatment, some South American country, mm-hmm. and got some stem cell treatment because he, he's had like significant um, atrophy of his arm because of a pinched nerve in his neck. He had like some serious neck injuries mm-hmm. from uh, fighting a little bit, but really from stunt work that he did after fighting. Really? Fell on his neck and fucked himself up bad. Then he got his neck fused. His discs were bad, so they cut his discs out and fused his neck. 
and there was a lot of problems with it. So he went and got this stem cell thing, and then all of a sudden he's feeling fucking fantastic. He's talking about how great he feels. Really? And, yeah, it feels great. He's talking about how his, his body's growing. He's been doing all this exercise again for the first time, like really intense exercise, and he's like not fitting into his suits anymore. He's going to change the, the, the collars and the suits because he can work out again. Wow. Yeah. You have to imagine that like if they master that, all that genetic stuff, mm-hmm. that one of those mad scientists is going to be like, let's build the the best fighter ever. Let's build the best basketball player ever. Like genetically make somebody like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And people will abuse that for sure. People are going to do it for their kids. Of course. Their kids are going to be superheroes. Yeah. It's going to be weird, man. I'm telling you, we're we're probably 100 years away from a time where genetic improvements are like cell phones. Everybody has it. Just We just have it. It'll yeah. be real expensive at first, and only the elite will be able to afford it. And then, but then as time goes on, yeah. it'll be more and more common and prevalent, just like a cell phone. And then you got to wonder, what will be the common problem associated with doing it? Because there's always a hang-up to something like that, you know? Well, there's probably going to be people that try to almost die and then bring themselves back and think it's funny and they'll do it on youtube right you know they'll have friends shoot them with like 50 millimeter guns jesus and then they'll uh regenerate regenerate <laughs> how awesome was you that know, fucking shrink back up and heal just yeah. like wolverine that's a yeah we're gonna have a lot of problems when it comes to technology in the next hundred years or so and the real problem is Will it ever get to a point where the amount of power that people have does doesn't measure up with the amount of responsibility they have sure. and the amount of like respect they have for that power? It's mm-hmm. kind of where we're at right now when it comes to being able to contact people on YouTube. Like if you find someone puts a video up expressing their opinion, and you're like, you fucking ugly cunt. I want to yeah. eat you alive. And people that say crazy shit like that on YouTube, like they shouldn't have the ability to just communicate with people like that. Yeah. They shouldn't have the ability to just, they're abusing an incredible power. The yeah. ability to just instantaneously communicate with someone anonymously. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, you should be able to do it with accountability. But even with accountability, like what kind of accountability? If I can't see you and you, no yeah. one's looking at you and no one's going, man, you're a piece of shit. You know, if you say something to someone in person, like the way people say something on YouTube, like say if you're in the lobby of a hotel yeah. and you see some guy just say some fucking horrible thing to uh, another guy there, you would go like, whoa, that guy's an asshole. Yep. Yeah, but if that happens to you online, if some gun, some guy just sends you something horrible online, you don't see him, and I don't see him, and nobody knows who this guy is, and he's XP forty nine K on yeah. YouTube or whatever his his YouTube handle is. He doesn't feel that. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. feel the repercussions of that. You know, it's almost like you have this incredible ability, but you don't have any responsibility that comes along with it. You don't have any ethics that go along with it because you don't respect it. You didn't develop it yourself. You just got online. You know, it's like, it's so easy to just get online. You know, you don't even have to have your own computer. Can I use your computer? You get online. I'm going to make an account. Fuck you. You can do anything you want. That, that, that access is so common that people who don't, you know, they, they probably are too stupid for anything that powerful. That's the same argument about True. guns. That's the same argument about a, well, a lot of different things. The dangerous thing is those people are also unhappy, right? And that's oh, why yeah. they're doing it. So if you're that unhappy, but now your power is genetic mutation, <laughs> you know, it's a little different than, than saying go fuck yourself. Well, you know what it is? Ultimately, all of that 
and I'm not saying that it's not the people's responsibility who do it, but ultimately all shit behavior is a real result. One of the real results of it is the fact that we don't address that as a culture as being a major issue, mm-hmm. that we don't address it as a culture, that we don't have it reinforced in the kids' heads at an early age that the way to get by in life is to be as nice to as many people as possible. And a lot of times when you have bad feelings and you feel bad or there's anger or jealousy, oftentimes this can be because you need to fix your own life. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes. And you need to get your own life in order where you don't feel jealous about someone or you don't feel anger for something that someone has that you want. Like, use it as fuel to fix your life. Nobody teaches you that. Nobody tells you that in school. It never gets brought up. And then we also never deal with poor people as if they're just people that are a part of our community that have a way worse position in life than we do. And we need to fix that because it's the lowest ring of, uh, ring, rung of the chain. What yeah. is it? What would you scroll? Yeah. Ring of the chain rung. or rung? Rung? But rung sounds like a ladder, like rung of a ladder. Rung of a chain? Oh. Link. Link. Link of a chain. But the the lowest, okay, rung of the ladder. That, you know, that's us. That's yeah. us. Just because we don't talk to them, it's still us. Don't they live like a mile from us? Well, then it's us. Yeah. But we ignore them. It's easier to ignore them. But as a society, that should be like one of the first things that a government takes care of. Extreme poverty. Extreme poverty and children growing up in extreme poverty. Yeah. That's the big one. Not just extreme poverty if you're a fucking guy and you're 35 years old, you decide you just love meth and you're just going to meth it up and fucking... But that's, that's your decision. If you went from being a lawyer to being a meth head, I mean, I'm not saying it's not in part based on how fucked up your childhood was. It probably was, but you might be too far to fix. But a kid? Yeah. You can fix kids, man. Yeah. Catch I, them early. And it's, it's, so, it's so bad for everyone when yeah. you have that level of poverty. Because you have resentment. Of course. A lot of crime is resentment. It's not just need. It's resentment and yeah. need together. You have everything. I have nothing. And, and no morals because everybody around you yeah. is doing whatever they have to do to get by. You're just dealing in an environment where you're dealing with a lot of people in and out of jail. Yeah. It's so depressing and you don't see any examples of how to get out. And there's so many people too. Like people always presume, a lot of people in, 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 in the United States presume that extreme poverty is you know, the favelas in Brazil, which it is, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that there is extreme poverty in this country. And extreme poverty in Los Angeles. Sure. And you can go to areas- economy in the world. We have a lot of extreme poverty. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not saying that people don't have to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, that people don't have to work hard in order to be successful. They do. Absolutely. But you can't tell me that like, me growing up in Newton Upper Falls and some poor fucking kid who is growing up in the worst area of Compton and his mom's a crackhead and his uh, his dad is non-existent and everyone he knows is in, in and out of jail and they have guns everywhere and people die around him all the time. Sure. That's a reality that we don't have to deal with, that I never had to deal with, but there's people growing up in that reality that if they had options of something to look forward to, it could enhance how they develop. Yeah. They don't think about that. It's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest thing about like the money that gets dedicated in this society, like where it goes. The fact that we put so much fucking money into war and so little money into making sure that we have a, a good supply of people who are bad motherfuckers, people who can get their shit together, people who can contribute to society, people yeah. who are people who are contributors. The other thing is the percentage of people who make up the 
portion of income. Like that, you have so many, uh, so few ultra rich that make up such a huge amount of the income. So you have basically, you know, this this person is five percent. You know, people always talk about the what is the the, the top two or whatever one right? percenters, but, right. one percenters. But like, you know, you have like five percent in the United States that might make up thirty some percent of. Of the of the, all the income and hold an even bigger percentage of yeah. the wealth, you have a very small percentage of people controlling a whole hell of a lot of money. That's why it's a, at least on some level, it's so it's good that, but like the Gates started that giving pledge where they basically try to get the world's billionaires to sign up to give away ninety five percent of their net worth by you know by the time they die. So people that are worth five and ten and twenty billion dollars will at least not hold on to that. They'll give it away. Yeah, because if you the thing about growing up in that environment, if you grow up and you're, you know, your dad makes his dad is a hundred billion dollars. Uh-huh. What? What? Yeah, I mean, what? So yeah. you just get a trust, and you don't ever have to work ever. You ever met those guys? Sure. Those are some sad motherfuckers. They man. always are. There's some sad motherfuckers. I knew this dude. He had a trust and then a backup trust, and he went through both of them, and now he has a job. Yeah. He he spent millions. I believe like thirty it. something million dollars on real estate development that didn't go through. And then he had a backup trust, and that went away too. And then his parents finally just they said, "Get a job, bitch." And he's like fifty. And he's like finally in like the workforce sure. at fifty. They cut him loose after just 50. going through all of his. But he's he's the weakest man. Like I think one of the weakest men I've ever been around. Not surprising. Just at says all. no character, no ability to. And he even said it. He was talking to my friend uh, about her kids, and he said, "If I can, if I could give any piece of advice on what not to do, never let them think that they don't have to work. Yeah. Never let them think they don't have to work." You're a lottery winner. Yeah, that's the the only difference is you won your lottery the moment you were born. But isn't it possible to win the lottery and keep it together? What very, percentage? Very rare. It's very rare. It's possible. I'm sure there's people who have done it, but there's more stories about how this guy fucking fucked everything up as soon as he won the lottery than there are. Wow, this guy, you know, lived a fairy tale life after he won the lottery. I think some of it has to do with the amount you win. You know, you can win a lottery. You can win a million dollars. You can win. Two, five, six million dollars. When you start talking about somebody that was making thirty-five thousand a year in the factory, and you get a hundred, two hundred, three hundred million dollars, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to prepare you for that. There's nothing to prepare you for that. And the the type of attention you're going to get from that, the people that are going to come into your life, it's overwhelming. Wow, they're not ready for it. It'd be different if like you won a hundred million dollars because you've achieve success on your own you know you know it's it's still going to be a, a, a difference for you but i think having a foundation of like a career that you've taken on and earned your own you, know, you earn what you've gotten to have this boost would be different i think when you haven't had that level of success and you get something like you know a nine-figure check i think it's really hard to keep it together there's more stories about disaster and they are about keeping it together when you talk about those big, the, the what are the big ones called? They're like mega millions. The mega millions. Powerball, Powerball right? Yeah. 
Dude, somebody just won a nut like a th- over three. Yeah, three fifty, three fifty-five million. <laughs> That's so much. Now, what money. do they pay them off? They like you have options. You can get the like a monthly. Is, here's the option: yearly. If you are not eighty, you should always take lump sum. The, no, the opposite. Oh, the twenty yeah, year. The twenty year because you're essentially on salary for the next twenty twenty-five years. So if you want a hundred million dollars, right, you're going to get twenty payments. Over the course of that, to, to add up to that amount, you're going to have to pay taxes, but you're going to get your full amount. The other option they do is they go, all right, it's 355 million. You could take that over 25 years, or we'll give you like 158 million right now. And then people go, I'll take the lumps. It's more, you know, they want all the money then. Right. But unless you're about to die, like, why wouldn't you just allow yourself to earn? Like, what's. Well, maybe you would be worried that they would go under and wouldn't I, continue to pay you. Yeah, I guess they, that, that is probably the worry. That's not going to fucking happen. But what you really trust that someone's going to stay alive or a business is going to stay alive for 25 years well, or whatever it is? They would still be obligated to make that payment. What I'm saying By is, who? like. If they go under. The, the state lottery? I don't The state don't. goes under. What if you did it in Detroit? What if you bought the lottery in Detroit? I, I still think that. We ain't got no money. I still think you'd, you'd still get your money. You I think so? I, I do. I don't think there's. I don't think there's such thing as them not paying you out on that. I'd say take that money. You take and that lump sum. Invest it in a good business. Tommy Buns. I think if it's a family restaurant, money, I would definitely do the, the twenty-five year payout. Well, how much do you think you would get? Okay, let's see. If you win the lottery and you get three hundred fifty million dollars, right? So what's the yearly payout on three hundred fifty-five uh, million dollars? I would say they would probably do it over twenty-five years right now. So yeah. let's see. Um, let's say let's say you're getting three fifty five over twenty five years. That's fourteen million a year, man. What if you want to buy something that's more than fifty? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you can get whatever you want once they like. You have that; they know who you are, and right. they see what you, like. There's no way, and like, what the fuck are your plans, man? Are you opening the fucking the new St. Regis? Like, why you don't need you? You were doing your shit for whatever fifty grand. A, you're fine. You have fourteen million a year for the next quarter century. So you got to change your phone number and move immediately. Oh my god, you have the to. Amount leave. of people that are going to hit you up. Just give me a million. You can just give me a million. You still have all that money all the time. Come on, dude. You Friends, get, you family. getting them fourteen million a year. You can't give me a million a year. And you have to say Can you no. imagine? Oh, it's got to be. People yeah. are going to ask you to give them a million dollars a year. Dude, you get fourteen million a year. Give me one million a year. Come on, man. And you'd have to be like, you know what? That's a really good argument, but I'm going to have to say no. Like, you what make would a you good do? point. What would you do if Matt Fultron, one of your good friends, <laughs> said, Tommy, you won $300 million. You can't give me a million a year? I love you, Matt. <laughs> but nothing. You'd give him nothing? No, I probably would give. Yeah, I, I would. But I, I don't think you could let people dictate the terms and how much. You'd have to give whatever you want to give. You know? Yeah. It's weird like when someone Matt, starts asking you for Matt's money. That's a good friend. I want to give him a weird number. You know, what would you give him? One hundred thirty-eight thousand, two hundred and sixteen, yeah, thousand, yeah. But that's it. You make three hundred million. He gets uh, give you a hundred grand. All right. Well, I mean, Christmas is coming up. I might give you a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> would you start a business? That much money? I think. Um, Why would you? What do you need? Yeah, to make more. You make more money. <laughs> Why would you start a business so you could lose some of it? No, I think the first thing I would do is move. Like to the area, like the exact whatever area, neighborhood, home I desire the most. That would Where would the, that be? I don't know. Maybe Hawaii. Hawaii. Maybe but then I you'd th- have to travel to to see your friends. The no. problem with Hawaii is it's five hours away by plane. I know, but I got the jet now. 
Just hop on the jet. It takes five hours in a plane. If you lived five hours drive from somewhere, what's five? How hours, annoying man? would that be? I know, but I mean, come on, man. I'm sending my jet. Are you going to be a real? It's a really nice jet. Okay. How about this? How about I live in the mountains, five hours drive up the top of a mountain? How often are you going to visit me? But can't I have a second home in Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can have a second home in Hawaii. But where are you going to live? Primary residence. That's a good question. Would I you mean, give up on Hollywood? I mean, there's I think no the motivation need to be here anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, because you can do stand up from anywhere. If I still yeah. like doing stand up, you wouldn't yeah. need their fucking whore money. Yeah, their goddamn devil. Do whatever I want. That's a great. That's a great. Actual. It's just where do you want to live the most? Yeah. Where would it be? Uh, um, I still love California. Mm. Maybe. Maybe either somewhere beach. I like the beaches, so maybe Santa Barbara's nice. Santa Barbara, maybe a Laguna. More relaxed, less people. Beachfront Laguna Beach kind yeah. of thing. Newport, that area. Yeah, that's kind of nice. It's that not is that nice. Far. Um, Santa Barbara's beautiful, but then I also love other. I mean, fuck. I mean, if you have three hundred fifty million dollars, you probably buy. You know, your house is wherever you want. Buy a house in. Seattle, yeah, New but York, like, where Miami. would it be where you decide to live? Calif- California. Yeah. Look at you. You love California. I love California. You do. You represent. Yeah, I do. You wear like an LA hat. Fucking hard. Let people man. know you represent. Yeah. It's fun. I love it. You out defend here. it. What? People live in shitty places and they have the nerve to shit on <laughs> where we live. It's, it's unbelievable. You do these fucking dog shit towns and they're like, you live in LA. I'd never want to go there. I'm like, clearly you have shit taste. I'm here because they're paying me. I can't wait to get the fuck out. <laughs> so you stay, man. Stay here. We don't need you at all. Well, people's ideas of California being bad or they've most never of it. visited half the time. They're yeah, like, it's, it's their idea of what California is. Well, then it's all Kanye West out here. It's like a hundred million Kanye West. Yeah. Everybody's yelling and I'm the greatest ever. And <laughs> Christina has the best, the best, uh, a uh, story of uh, it was a baggage a baggage handler at the airport in Detroit, and he's putting the bag tag on her bag, and it says LAX. He's like, "You live in LA?" And she's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I don't want any part of that shit." She's like, "You fucking, you're putting tags on bags in Detroit. You don't want to check out LA? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is your problem?" And he's like, "Well, all that celebrity shit. That's the other thing is they go, the city is red carpet." Like they think that it's like, and they think that because you live in LA, let's say you're not a celebrity, they're like, you must be obsessed with celebrity culture. Yeah. That's the perception. Like, oh, you're out there chasing celebrities. Like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. I've heard guys also say ridiculous shit. Like, you know, you, you couldn't ever meet a girl out here, man. Cause uh, girls just want to meet famous dudes in LA. Like, yeah. How many famous people do you think there are? Yeah. Like just regular guys get laid too out here. Oh, for like, sure. What, what are you talking about? Like, what what's this based on? What studies did you? The funny perform? thing too is for people that don't live here, even like whether you're a performer, whether you're working any type of the entertainment business at all, for the most part, when you're in LA and people spot celebrities, nobody gives a shit. It's the opposite of outside of LA. Like people see celebrities at most that I've ever seen is people are like, how's it going, man? Big fan. Like nobody, yeah. people mind their business in LA. It's a big difference between yeah. that and a place where they don't get to see someone right. who's on TV on a regular basis. Yeah. It becomes passe out here. Like, oh, there's that guy. Yeah. Which is probably better, you know? Sure. Definitely better. Yeah. You, you stand out less. And I totally feel like the, um, the cliche uh, weather conversation that we all have mm-hmm. is it's you know and people are like it's overdone it's underdone it's it's not spoken about enough weather is everything don't act like having <laughs> great weather isn't one of the greatest perks of where you live or or the worst part of where you live 
It's we, I mean, we talk about that like oh, everybody talk. Yeah, it's because it's fucking awesome here. It's amazing, and it's amazing about ninety six percent of the time. And we're gonna act like that doesn't play a huge part in why this place is great. Of course it is, man. It does, but I gotta be honest. I like it when it rains here but because that, it rains so rarely. I like I like that it mixes up. It's fun, of course. You like the change, but. The fact that like there are people suffering mm-hmm. for not a day or a week, months and months of the year, and you have the fucking top down in your car, <laughs> like it's not really something you can ignore. It's pretty fantastic, and it's sunny, sunny, beautiful. It's not just nice out, like temperature wise. Yeah. like you get sun and you feel it, and it feels good. Oh yeah, and there's the ocean with a fucking sailboat going by. What a nice day it is today. <laughs> okay, yeah, it sucks here. <laughs> Everything sucks. I think a lo- for a lot of people that say LA sucks, there's there's a f- bunch of factors. The traffic is a big one. The fake, uh, fakeness, fake c- communication that you get here. The fake people. You get a lot of fake shit here, as opposed to like what you get on the East Coast. You get you you get more authenticity. I think on uh, in in places where people have to deal with weather and people don't deal as much with actors. Yeah, it's part of the. It's one of the downsides of this area, but it's not enough of a downside that it makes it suck. Right. The traffic is enough that makes it suck. It's, but can I say one thing about traffic? Traffic here is terrible. Yeah. New York City, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Miami, Houston, all these cities have absolutely disastrous rush hours and traffic Yeah, all the fucking time. Yep. If you want to live in a me- big metropolitan area, it's just one of the things that comes with it. Yeah, if you want to try to drive from... Long Island into Manhattan. Oh, my God. You want to try to do it in the morning, get to work. Good luck, dude. Good luck. Yeah. Get up I did three. that once, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the line. I was like, this is... I was staying in Long Island and driving into New York for something. It was a while ago. Yeah. And uh, I remember being on the highway going, if I had to do this every day, I'd probably go fucking crazy. Yeah. Because it was hours. And it, it's because of the fucking toll, too. That's another level of bullshit that you have to deal with in New York that you don't have to deal with here. Yeah. Everywhere you go, it fucking costs you money. Yeah. Everywhere. Every fucking bridge, the turnpike. You, yeah. Turnpike, like you got to stop all the time. You stop and you got to pay. Aren't those fees now like, cra- like Ridiculous. real money? Yeah. 14 bucks. That's, I mean, shit that's, like that. That's not cheap, yeah. man, to, to drive over a bridge. Yeah, fuck you. Back and a, forth. Or a what? bridge that was paid for a long-ass time ago, too. Yeah, that's, that's pretty nuts, man. And God then, damn it! But so I will say this: fuckers. my favorite part of the country is, like, people-wise, is definitely the Midwest. I love people in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio, and I, I love those people. I think yeah, they're, they're really authentic. They're generally. nice people. Yeah. The salt of the earth, and I think that's also because they don't have to deal with show business. They don't right. have to deal with show business. They have less stress because there's not as much traffic, and they have character because they have to deal with fucking cunty weather all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something true. about yeah. there's something about being happy and you know dealing with a little bit of struggle. I don't think you can get there. Like I think growing up in California is like winning the lottery. I think what you're dealing with is like an earned respect for the weather here because you're from Cincinnati and you live right. in Florida. Yeah. You lived in a bunch of places where it sucks. Right. And then you come here and you're like, oh, wait a minute. What are you talking about? This place is perfect. Yeah. But one of the reasons why you're interesting is because you didn't grow up here. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah. So it's great to come here once you're a developed human. I agree. I agree. And I, I, I do think all, the other thing, too, about the reason I get defensive about, like, you know, California, Southern California, is the amount of people who go out of their way to tell you 
that they like we weren't even talking about that dude like, yeah you know what i mean like oh, did i ask you sucks? yeah they're like yeah, but it's just like, you know, they think it's all the Kardashians. Yeah, I know. It's just fucking... The whole city is keeping up with the Kardashians. Please. <laughs> Never mind. There's a lot of people here, man. A lot of good people, though. There's yeah. a giant number. You know, when you think about 20 million plus Mexicans, what does that really boil out to? Do they, not, do they even have any idea how many illegal aliens are here? I don't think we have a real idea. I mean, how could they? They're illegal aliens. Yeah. It's like trying to, like, figure out how many deer... In a, a patch of land, our state has about forty million people. That's forty pretty, million. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And how many of those people do you think are illegal Mexicans? Um, probably um, around fifteen. Do you know how fucked that is, man? That those people can never go to college, can never get a, a driver's license, can never vote, can never, but they live here. But they're basically American. We're pretending they're not American. Like yeah. you're not really American. No, no, no. You didn't do it right. You didn't yeah. do it the way we say you got to do it. Yeah. But they've been here for 20, 30 years. But don't they, they can actually go and get a driver's license, right? Can't you just go in and get that without even I don't think you proper can. paperwork? I think uh, the Terminator stopped that shit. Really? I think they were going to do that, but uh, I think he stepped in. That'll be the next. California can unfold. Even though it's already you know part of the conversation, that'll be the next huge thing is going to be uh, immigration reform. Well, you know, you're not going to stop people from driving. No. By not by telling them they can't have a driver's license, you're just going to create a bunch of illegal drivers. Yeah. They're grown adults. If they have a job and they save up some money, they get a car, by hook or by crook, they figure out how to get it on the road, and then they drive around because mm-hmm. this is what they got to do. And when you arrest them and you take their car away, you're just stealing from them. What you really should do is figure out a way to make them be a paying part of the culture. Right. The other problem is, the, the, th- the big thing that people don't talk about with illegal aliens is, they're not paying taxes. Because if you're getting paid in cash and you're thinking about that, what are the odds that people that are getting paid in cash are paying the proper amount? Oh, please. You know, if you catch some guy and he's uh, a day worker, right? He's working on construction sites and they're paying him cash. Yeah. That guy's not going to report any of that income. Ever. Of Why would not. he? Yeah. And, it, and, you know, you say, well, hey, he shouldn't have to pay taxes. He doesn't make much money in the first place. Oh, well, if that's our attitude, then we better go to those fucking people working at McDonald's because they're getting robbed. Yeah. Someone's taken from their paycheck. Yeah. They have to give to Social Security. Everybody does. Now, there's there's billion, many billions unaccounted yeah, for. Unaccounted for that yeah. would be, and I'm not saying that it shouldn't be at least difficult to become a citizen. I think you should speak a little bit of English at least, a mm-hmm. little bit. Make an effort. You yep. should have no violent criminal history, you know, and whatever other crimes you've done, it should be really decided whether or not we want to include you in our culture. And if they're not included in our culture, we get rid of them. This yeah. weird thing we do where we just sort of tolerate them. You know, we should let them be Americans. The, every American is a goddamn immigrant. Yeah. You know, every one of them. Oh, I know. I mean, the balls to be like... Well, but that's what yeah. we are. We're a nation of, of immigrants. Yeah, that's the whole country. This is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's really taking advantage of the fact that these poor people, you know, uh, they're going to be here whether we like it or not. So let's just, you know... You got to find a way to make it work. I mean, the worst part of that whole thing is, is when you have people who came here illegally had kids here who are now mm-hmm. American citizens and we're going to ship the parents out. Yeah. I mean, that's it's crazy. Imagine like doing that to your kids, like how awful it's awful. And for the longest time, the kids weren't able to go to college. 
kids if they were born in another country like if a kid was a baby in another country and the mother said you know what I need to raise my son in America this is too dangerous where I live I'm going to take a chance I'm going to get in a fucking uh, a cargo car and hide and make it to California and they do it they get through all that their kid grows up in America their kid and then the kid can't go to college because he's illegal now they can but for the longest time that was the dilemma of the children of illegal immigrants who were born in another country that were smuggled over here for their own future for their own safety and people that are concerned enough about their kids future they're willing to risk their own life to bring them to another country i mean it's it's a huge commitment and it's a political pawn is what it becomes it becomes this political pawn where people are looking at it and if you're on the right then you support tough immigration and you know strengthen our borders and stop the flow of illegal immigration into this country and if you're soft and you're you're one of those uh, bleeding, bleeding heart, heart liberals, liberals yeah. then you decide. Well, listen, we need to take care of these people. We need to set up, you know, and, and make it so that they can have access to all the things that we pay for because they're unfortunate. Somewhere in the middle lies the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea that these people just are here and then we just they're illegal immigrants and we don't address the issue at all. They just sort of stay here. That's what we do in California. Yeah. There was a there wasn't there a movie about that like the day the Mexicans left L A. It's yes. like a comedy it is. Yeah, where yeah. everything shut down. Yep. Well, you can better believe that if you're talking about our city. Yeah. If like if you kicked out like hypothetically every illegal person, this shit would not function. It would shut at, down completely. Shut down. So what the fuck kind of game are we playing? Yeah. It's well, a, we're pretending this thing. That they're not a part of us. Oh, it's crazy. They, they totally, whatever your position is, the one undeniable truth is that the economy functions a huge part of it because we have illegal immigrants working in it. And that goes not just for Southern California. That's across the board. Across the board. I yeah. mean, in, in other countries or in other cities in the country, it's probably less significant. But here, it's fucking gigantic. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a whole lot. The idea that we just let that stay that way and just say, eh, it's a mess. It's yeah. complicated. It's a political issue because you can't say that you want to do immigration reform because you're going to lose the vote of the Latinos. Right. The Latinos that are here legally, the last thing that they're going to want is you to say that you're going to make it tougher. So you're going to lose that vote. Yeah. So yeah. you have to decide. It's a but, big vote now. But if you say that you're going to... Uh, you know, you say that you're going to let them in and they're going to, you know, uh, make it easier. Then you're going to lose the vote of the hardcore right. right. And you're going to lose a lot of the corporations, which are probably benefiting on using immigration labor. And it's, it's certainly, benefiting, labor. certainly benefiting on the shit like they did with the WTO when they started moving factories down to Mexico. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of goddamn corporations that benefited from that. Yeah, it's so funny like how, you know, the, you can always, the, the corporations support whatever... Makes, makes them, of course. They don't give a fuck. They're not real. You know, yeah. they're a construct, and a construct designed to create more numbers. Yeah. That's all they are. They, the, the fact that there's people running it is inconsequential. It's essentially a machine unto it itself. It's a money-making machine. Yeah. Like, a literal creepy. money-making yeah. machine. Yeah, it's like, um, this is not labor-related, but like um, what Carl Icahn's trying to do now to Apple. What's he trying to do? Well, he's a big shareholder, and, you know, he's, he's a famous corporate raider, and so... He's trying to get Apple to do a massive buyback because they they're sitting on a horde of cash. Yeah, over 145 billion dollars. That's amazing. Cash, not like perceived value right. of a share. Cash money. Yeah, they're like bigger than most countries. They're bigger than 
big investment bank firms. Well, they're bigger than the United States, really, because the United States is in debt. Yeah, so they're they're just right. with trillions of dollars in debt. Best, best money making. I mean, it's a lot of cash. He's so like, this guy's trying to do what? He's trying to get them to buy back shares of Apple. So if you own a lot of you own stock, basically, Apple would have to use some of that cash to benefit the investor. The guy that owns stock in Apple will now make money because they're buying back. So they would buy back their shares in return. They would be the, the share price would go through the roof. So you'll, you'll, if you own stock, you're, you're going to be increased in value. And they would be a private company then? Well, they wouldn't buy back all of, all it. of it. Yeah, just uh, some of it. And he wants them basically, you know, do something for the investor. Yes. Yeah, do something with all that cash. With all that cash. But see, Apple doesn't want to bring that cash back. It sits overseas <sighs> so that they don't have to pay dirty those Apple. crazy high corporate tax rates. Dirty Apple. They have so much money, though, dirty Apple. Exactly. Dirty, so dirty Apple. Get that money back into circulation. He's having conversations with them, but if they are unwilling, then Mr. Eichen will uh, bring something to the board and the shareholders meeting, and people will vote on whether or not to, to go through with this buyback. So, wow. I never thought I'd be on the side of a corporate raider. Mm, yeah, I know, right? And he's worth, by the way, $20 billion himself. He probably wants the biggest yacht ever. And it's, <laughs> he's just like, damn, if I just make this happen, then I'll get the biggest yacht ever. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just, he just, I think he's in it. He just loves this. Money. Yeah, game, yeah, he game. loves it. It's not about, I need, you know, more money. Yeah, people who say that there's no, I don't need money, I don't need much money. I agree with you. It's you're better having a happy life, doing what you want to do, than having tons of money and being unhappy. Yeah. However, <laughs> there's something to be said for being a guy who has twenty billion dollars. Because I know me personally, if I had twenty billion dollars, I could make a lot of shit happen. Yeah. Okay. You have I a lot could. Of power at that I point. could make a lot of shit happen. I I I think I would. I would start restructuring society if I had twenty billion fucking dollars. I would I would make some moves. Yeah, you could you could you like almost have a responsibility. You do to do like the idea that you couldn't do good with twenty billion dollars. You know what kind of community centers you could set up with twenty billion dollars. You know what kind of educational foundations, research foundations, how much money you could give to applied oh, sciences, so yeah. and how much money you can give to the right politicians. Twenty billion dollars, a lot I of mean, money. That's kind of the principle behind that giving pledge. Is there yeah. like you have. You have yeah. world-changing money, yeah. so why don't you, you know, do something? But you, you got your houses and yachts and planes, like you know, let's make some changes. The amount of money those guys have, when you really stop and think about it's, the it's, corporate raider type characters, crazy. you know those houses. You ever see those houses in the Hamptons? Yeah, where you fly over and they look like castles. Yeah, and you just go, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah, these thirty-acre compounds with these. 50,000 square feet homes, and I you're know. looking at it like, what is that? I mean, the staff running that home is its own economy. Well, you know? Evander Holyfield had a house in Atlanta. I remember that. And it was like 110 rooms, <laughs> and it cost more than a million dollars a year to run. Yeah. To run! A million! It's a lot. A million Tommy Buns. That means he's he's paying a hundred thousand dollars a month in his home, just, just taking care of his home. House. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and that that house, that house fucked him. Yeah, he had to unload that house. Or you I know, don't even think he did. I think yeah, it, they he took it from took him. Took it from him. Oh, who the fuck's gonna buy that thing? Did you see? By the way, when we were talking, we were having um, 
dinner. Well, go to a man. That's that's Tyson's know, house. Tyson's, Tyson's house was dog shit compared to oh, uh, Anders. Anders is crazy. To Tyson's house that they he abandoned in Ohio was I don't know why he bought a house in Ohio either. By the way, that's where he's from. Is he from Ohio? Yeah. No, Mike Tyson. But he grew up in Brownsville. I thought he was born in Canton or Akron or something. No, no, no. He was born. He was born in Brooklyn. Okay. Well, let's find out. Yeah, he's a New York guy. Well, I know he lived there. I think he's bro- Brooklyn born. And then you know the training with uh, Cus was up in training was in Ohio. Then. Was in uh, at some point maybe right because it was Catskills and then maybe hmm. later there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's born in New York. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't say here. It just says he's uh, forty-seven. Doesn't say his place of birth. Wow. I'm looking in his uh, wiki, hmm. can't find it yet. Hmm. Born in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yep. How dare you, Jamie? God damn it, Jamie. Disinformation. Why did he buy a house in Ohio then? Because he, well, just because someone buys a house in Ohio doesn't mean they're from Ohio. No. There's a lot of people. You're downgrading Ohio, son, and you're from Ohio, so how dare you? He's he's just reeling off that Buckeyes loss. Don't, don't. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, he's a poor, little. Poor bastard. He's a little butthurt over that. You guys are talking sports. You guys are talking shit I don't know nothing about. <laughs> In and out. We're done with it. The um, Evander Holyfield house. Pull that shit up if you can, because it's quite stunning. The grounds, just the grounds. It was like a giant golf course. Do you remember when we were talking about like how crazy you know Mayweather lives? And yeah. I was like, but yeah. Pacquiao, oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Pacquiao's the one who's going to come. You see how he's having money problems? Oh, well, they took his money. The government shut all his money off. Because he owes crazy amounts of money, right? Allegedly. Yeah. What, this is what he says. He paid taxes in America on his winnings. Mm-hmm. They want him to pay taxes again for the Philippines. Oh, my God. And he's like, Look, I already paid. And they're saying he owes $50 million. Oh, my God. So they took all his money. They just took it all. So, like, he wanted to help tsunami victims or the uh, typhoon. Look at Holyfield's house. Oh, my God. And they, uh, they closed his bank accounts. Look at Holyfield's house. My God. <laughs> when you see this house... Just go back to the outside photo again. Look at the fucking size of that. That's so crazy. Can you pull back and see, like, in perspective with the grounds? See if they have one that shows the grounds. It looks like the fucking... 109 rooms. Uh, Biltmore's. Look oh, at my the God. fucking aerial view. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it amazing that within a couple of decades, all that money is gone? Like, that guy was making so much money when he beat... Like when he beat Riddick Bowe and back when he was the heavyweight champ and he beat Mike Tyson. Like thirty, forty million dollar paydays, right? Like when you, I think I don't know. I would assume that he yeah. was like make I don't think anybody made the kind of money that Floyd Mayweather is making now. Floyd Mayweather is making like hundred million dollars a fight. Yeah. Like he might make a hundred million dollars for the Canelo Alvarez fight. It's because he's also a, a promoter. Yeah. And he and nobody sells pay per views like that fucking guy. He's a wizard. Yeah, he is. He's selling it for seven million? What? What? 109 rooms. Is that what it says? Yeah. It says he sold it for $7 million? Scroll, Pull back on that. That is fucking insane. Costs more than $1 million annually to maintain. Wait, and he's wait. selling it for $7 million. Two, He sold it for $7.5 million. Oh, my God. Oh, my he God. He made $230 million. Child support cases in Georgia, Texas, and California. <laughs> he's double digit. Uh, Kids. Yeah, he likes shooting loads and girls. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Feels good. It's the best thing. Best thing ever. <laughs> he just didn't give a fuck, I guess. Guess not, man. But that's crazy. What do you Child mean support payments ate up is $230 million. You know, you, 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 know, you hear stories. You know, I know a girl whose sister 
um, tried to uh, get a guy pregnant by taking the condom out of the trash and what? like and squirting it into her body. Really? Yeah, it was like a basketball player or something like that. Yeah, that's that's like a big thing in NBA circles. It's <laughs> like the hoes show up. I know a guy who works for a team and is he's like the the like the hoe patrol. Like they show up. You know, they know always know the hotels and they. They make themselves available. These guys, you know, like they are—they're wanting to get pregnant. I'm sure. Yeah, so they really have to. You have to really what, or you get it, man. And then they just—they know the process. They like—they have the—they have like they're already set up with the lawyer for when they get pregnant to how to the file for uh, child support. Like it's already ready to go. Ugh. That's that's just the 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 goal is pregnancy. Well, it's like those uh, those. Accident attorneys that you see like late uh-huh. night. Have you been injured? Right. Do you need medical assistance? Did you take cum? Are you in pain? Yeah. Yeah. Did you take cock? <laughs> Did you get pregnant by a basketball player? We have the solution. So they probably just have like Would you a like template. To twenty five, thirty five, forty five thousand dollars a month just for letting your pussy get bang, beaten bang, up. Bang. Call me. Yeah, that's amazing that people would do that, that they would actually bring a life into the world just for profit, just for profit. Absolutely. But when you think about it, if you got no money and then all of a sudden the the, the possibility of making $35,000 a month that's and so having money. a kid that you love, that's so much money <laughs> to somebody who's not making money. Yeah. Oh my god. And it'll give you status. You know, if you're carrying around yeah. like some famous guy, Allen Iverson's kid. Sure. You got status. But I got some bad news for you. If you had Allen Iverson's kid, you might not get that check this month. <laughs> well, he was another one, right? How much money did that guy make in his career? Over $200 million. It's gone. It's funny that we were talking about lotto winners and how they fucking fall apart. These guys got earned their money from their skill, and it's all gone, too. It's $200 like, million. He lost $200 million? Dude, he made crazy money playing, and he had, he had significant endorsements. I mean, that was a guy making... 20 and 25 million a year year after year after year this hurts my feelings yeah it's really it's really upsetting it really does it hurts my feelings i can't understand it i don't understand that much why, why wouldn't you take like 10 million put it somewhere just 10 you just you wish man you wish you had i'm sure i mean i'm sure that would be that would be so much money to him right now You're like oh i got that 10, 10 stash. yeah just live in a nice neighborhood you yeah. know buy a decent house for half a million or whatever yeah. just live normal live normal live I normal i think because it's it's so much and like you know like especially like in basketball where your money's guaranteed yeah you made like 20 million this year and you spent crazy and they're like dude you got another 130 coming to you do you, you remember do i ran barkley who i ran barkley uh-uh Iran Barkley was a world champion boxer, beat Tommy Hearns, uh, fought Roberto Duran, fought, fought some of the greats, uh, was homeless, made millions, millions of dollars. And one of the things that he said was that there was a problem with him when he was younger. It was uh, keeping up with all his friends. Like he became friends with all these rich athletes. Yeah. And they would all like, you know, I, hey, I got this new Benz. Hey, I got this new house. Hey, I got the, and he would try to keep up with them, you know. Yeah. They focus on that, on the, key, the competitive part of athletes with money on that documentary broke that billy corbin made what is that documentary because billy corbin is fucking awesome he's he's the same guy that did cocaine cowboys yeah yeah so he's done two documentaries for espn their 30 for 30 series one was about it's called the u and it's about university of miami's football program and dominance and how they basically came from nothing to just crazy heights of just five you know uh bc or five national championships and then 
the other one he made was called Broke, and it just it's about athletes who have you know basically spent it all. But one of the parts of that when they're talking about sort of the psychology of how you end up going broke is the guys were saying you know I show up you show up at the practice facility and like Joe's got um, you know a Ferrari F430. And you're like, God damn. He's like, check this shit out, man. And then you're like, that's nice. Fuck, I got to top Joe. I'm going to go get a, a Lambo Aventador tomorrow and show up. What's up, man? Check out my shit. And then you, you each just spent 400 grand that week, you know? Like, <sighs> so if you're always doing that, you know, and then you show up with a new chain. I'm like, that's a nice chain. I got to show up with some hot shit, too. Like, it's, it's the, the, th- the same thing about us shooting pool and racing on the track and, you know, hitting the bench press. That competitive thing. That goes into then the money spending. So you're always and and if you're talking about you know team you have fifty teammates you know you're you're just competing you're always competing. Everybody's just buying bigger and crazier shit. Yep. And no one telling you this is a really bad idea. They're man. Taking care of families too. Bernie Kosar took care of fifty families. Fifty families. He was responsible for financially. Fifty. Fifty. Why? Why did? Why? Why was he responsible? He, he felt the responsibility. Like this says in the in the this article is about it. It says that uh, they called it the hitting the ghetto lottery, and they felt a responsibility to take care of their friends and family. Like Andre oh my. Risen was taking care of forty people. Oh my God! Bernie Kosar taking Travis care of 50 Henry. Families. He's the he's the all time. Travis Henry is the all time great as far as fucking making kids with a lot of people, and then having what can you? It says, you, it says many? this says nine kids with nine moms for seventeen thousand per month. Look at this, but, but hold on a second. Look at this part. But it's not just known friends and families yeah. that hound these instant millionaires. It's also young ladies with an eye for upward mobility. One restaurant owner in the nation's capital confessed that she had seven thousand women who would receive an automatic text message every time Michael Jordan walked into the joint during his stretch as a wizard. Typically, over two thousand women would heed the call. Of course, these rich young ballers aren't exactly turning ladies away either. That is unbelievable. So Jordan would show up at a place, and two thousand women would show up to meet him there. Seven thousand women would get the text message. Michael Jordan. Oh my God! Imagine the pussy that has been thrown at Michael Jordan. It's not even. You can't even wrap your head around. You it. know what it's like? It's like locusts. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just step outside. <laughs> oh yeah. He has multiple suits now. For people that are like this, this is your kid, and he's actually won suits, and he's like, that's not my he keeps kid. winning. Them, he's I'm winning bad. them because there's that's how you know he's so famous. I think there's probably people that did fuck like I, you did fuck me. He's like I didn't make a kid with you. Well, there's also probably I'm sure, but there's also probably people that are like hoping that he'll just pay them. Of course, just, just shut up. Here's some sh- here's three hundred grand of up. shut up. Yeah, yeah, but you can't just keep doing that. No, especially when you're not making money anymore. I mean, how much do those Hanes commercials pay? Oh, he makes unbelievable money still. Doing what? Well, his shoe brand is the absolute craziest. Oh, that's his. That's so his. Air Jordans I mean, are his. Air, so it's Nike. Nike owns his brand of Air Jordan, but he is a huge, huge benefactor of the, that brand. And he is the number one shoe uh, among, like, that, you know, basketball shoes are a huge, huge multi billion dollar business. Yeah. His shoes still outsell LeBron and Kobe. Which is, and he's been done for years. That's so crazy. Yeah, I would say that Michael Jordan still probably makes um, probably like $40 million a year. God damn. Yeah. He, he's, he's, as far as business goes, he is set up, man. That's unbelievable. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about the sneakers. But it's, it is incredible when you hear about a guy who was so awesome that still to this day... It's amazing. His name rings in the yeah. hollowed halls. They do that... Oh, look. I'm sorry. I was off by $40 million. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. But how many athletes can say that? None. None. He's number incredible. one. They do that, that... I think it's like a Q rating where they rank the impact... Of just athletes, mm-hmm. and the top ten is like always the craziest list of guys who you all we all know who they are. Tiger Woods, right, and, right. I mean, Michael Jordan is number one. He's been number one for like twenty five years, <laughs> and the lowest he ever dipped, he went to like number two once under Tiger Woods. And oh, he's probably one. pissed, very pissed. I bet he was. Yeah, yeah. He apparently, if you beat him in a game of pool, he won't talk to you for two weeks. I bet. Yeah, they he's said just he's just fucking crazy. Oh, yeah, he's just crazy. completely crazy and competitive still. They showed him playing at a hotel. He was playing beer pong with like these people uh, uh, a few weeks ago. And you can see him. He's fucking focused on his shot, <laughs> shooting ping pong balls in that the That seems like it would be unfair. He would know more about the dynamics of things bouncing than the average person. <laughs> You know, I bet he took that shit super seriously. I too. bet he did. He's got a he deep, deep that. knowledge. And of if balls. you won that, he was like, "Fuck that! Round two is up right now. Ah, double or nothing. Yeah. Double or nothing. Definitely. And it just stacks some money on the table. He's bringing in dudes with suitcases. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he's like that with golf. That's Definitely. what they say. Yeah. They say uh, in golf, he is a maniac, and he he actually there was an article that was written about him. I don't know if it's true or not, but some guy who claimed that he owed millions of dollars or half a million. dollars. There was dollars. a book about it. There's a book about it. He he was a thing is that he is a notorious gambler. Mm-hmm. He's also a really good golf golfer. Like he has a like a, a real game, you know. And he would I'll bet wouldn't it wasn't uncommon for him to bet a quarter million on a round of golf. And he would also, um, they said like when he goes to Vegas, he does, you know, shit like that for fun because he makes 80 million a year. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. What a weird life that guy has. Yeah. It's amazing. And he's getting married. He got married. He got married. Yeah. Some young hottie too. She's so hot. Little Cuban. I think she's a half Cuban or a Cuban. She's like, fuck it. I'll just give her a little piece. Yeah. Give a little piece of this cash. You think that's, um, pretty... Uh, airtight prenup you get when you marry Michael Jordan? <laughs> oh, I, I imagine it goes through several layers of lawyers, like sure looking for everything. And when your pos- lawyer sends it back, they're like, listen, yeah. do you like him? Do you want this to work? There's <laughs> just no sign. Other, there's no other lawyer. Just, just sign yeah. it. You yeah. can't. There's you don't, no negotiation. You don't negotiate. You get 23 in you for life. That's a good deal, right? And he's just a maniac gambler, just going off with mm-hmm. that $80 million a year coming in every year. And that's why you can't say shit about when he's yeah. gambling. He, I lost a million dollars gambling today. So, yeah. 10 years plus, he's making like 100 I mean, think about that. It's so crazy. $100 million a year, close to it, for yeah. 10 years. I mean, how long does it take? To, does he have a billion? Do you think he has a billion? Probably has so. a billion. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're making $80 million a year... And he was famous more, for, yeah. I don't know if it was him or his agent at the time, but he's famous for being one of the innovators in that when he was getting these crazy um, endorsement deals, he was getting stock as part of his deals. So like he would get millions of dollars to sponsor, you know, to be the endorser of Gatorade, but then it insisted on owning stock. Well, guess what? When Michael Jordan started endorsing Gatorade, stock went pretty significantly and he made many many more millions than he would have so he's pretty innovative in that sense too it's incredible when you hear a guy like him and then you hear a guy like tyson who's telling his story now on hbo he does it in a broadway show of how i lost 300 million (laughs) dollars yeah Yeah. i mean 
the difference in the two, it's, it's, it's pretty substantial. It's all, you know, another thing is, too, basketball, you're not getting hit in the fucking head. That helps. Getting hit in the head definitely increases your amount of shitty decisions that you make. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yep. No doubt. I mean, think about how shitty your brain works when you're exhausted. Oh, yeah. Now, think about it after uh, an exhausting fight of getting fucking thumped in the head for 12 rounds. Now, think about doing that over the course of 20 plus years. A lot of cloudy judgment. There's going to be some shitty decision makes. Yeah. Some shitty 109 room houses that you have built. Yeah, and they're like, this. a vendor, um, you, do you know how much this is going to cost? I make a lot of money. I'm a champ. I'm, Don't worry about it. I mean, God will provide. Real deal. Jesus will provide me with my bounty. Okay. He's still fighting. Evander's fighting? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think he just tried to uh, fight recently. and He couldn't get, uh, I think it was, uh, maybe it was. Here's what I want to know. Is Riddick Bo still fighting? Because that wasn't good a while ago. Uh, he fought recently in a Muay Thai fight. Oh and it was God. really sad. It was really, really sad. Um, he got leg kicked. He got stopped by leg kicks, but it was just devastating, man. Yeah, he's 51 years old, and uh, he's still fighting. He's still trying to fight. He still looks good, actually. And he's as far as like boxers go, talks pretty good. Oh my Evander. god, Evander. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people are still uh, talking about him fighting. I mean, who knows? Wow. Holly, four hours ago, this is crazy, four hours ago, uh, Evander Holyfield Mansion fails to sell at auction. Failed to sell? Yep. Back on market. It's back on market, son. Um, it was uh, $6.8 million. Wow. It's back on the free market for $6.8 million. They tried. So it was purchased by J.P. Morgan Chase last year for $7.5 million. After he defaulted on his debt, so then they tried to sell it at mar- at uh, auction. Nobody wanted it, and now it's on sale for six point eight million. That is a fucking steal. You got to be able to do to make money on that somehow, man. No, no, no one cares. No, I'm saying make money. Like if you buy it now, like if you were to buy that house, I doubt it. I really? bet it's some. Yeah, no. The well, the only reason why no one's buying it is because they can't make money on it. I mean, th- to have a house like that, you're gonna that house is gonna sit on the market for a long fucking yeah. time. And who's gonna buy it? Is it gonna be some new LeBron James type guy? Right, right. That's the only type of guy that's gonna buy it. Right. And even then, they're gonna look at that and go, hundred nine fucking rooms. I know. Do I need a hundred nine? No, I need like twenty. Twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty's good and a basketball court. Yeah. And they're like, well, we can get you that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's you do that. You can get that, and you get like eighty nine other rooms. Why don't you want this? It's a staff. great deal. You got staff everywhere. Of course, it's crazy. It would be like living in the Shining House. It should be. Yeah, yeah. It should be like it should. They need to reach out to like some Middle Eastern, you know, some baller, yeah, some yeah. Dubai type dude who's a yeah. boxing fan. Who's Prince like, Nopsim Hamed's friend. Just uh, <laughs> just maybe one day I'll go to Georgia. Just buy that. Yeah, and then we'll stay there for a, a paltry six point eight million. You know, a guy Not like a lot, man. One of those Sultan of Brunei type characters. Totally buy that shit up with the the quickness, son. Give me that shit. Did you uh, Did you check out my um, special bombing episode that I aired? No, you told me about it. We were talking about it before the podcast. And we it's funny we're all, it's almost three hours in. We were gonna we really oh, mention shit. it. Or two hours in. Um, what the fuck happened? You were up in uh, Winnipeg. I was up in Winnipeg. I was um, doing this club that I've done many times called Rumors. It's an old club. It's a good club. And it was a Saturday night. And instead of like 
regular comedy club crowd. It happened to be like private event people, like a group of 80 was doing their corporate party. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like, it wasn't individuals buying one and two tickets. Right. It was just a giant group. Giant groups. And there was like three groups. One was like 80, one was 60. So you don't like, it's more like you're doing a corporate, like you're doing a private event, you know? And I talk, I break it down. If you, if you want to listen to it's episode 172 of your mom's house and I play the audio (sighs) from this thing falling off the rails. And I mean, it is like, there was a lady who worked at the club. She's been there 20 years and she told me, she goes, I've never seen shit like that even close to that before. What happened? It was, I mean, I think it's like a, a combination of things happening to make it fall apart that way. Basically, I went up there. I had one guy in the front row who I fucking, you know when you just hate somebody and you fixate on them? Because <laughs> like this one guy who was like kind of mumbling, talking, tagging my everything I say. Oh, no. You know, he's like, yeah, I bet you'd like that. And you're like, what? What did you just say? And wow. I said, I said, so one of those guys who I fucking absolutely lost my shit. I didn't lose my shit on him, but I kind of tried to straighten him out. And then there was a, one of the groups, one of the groups of like 50, 50, 60 people was like being super loud and like the first, like really talking loud. And I went to talk to them. They were kind of like, just like kind of shitty about it. And mm-hmm. the thing is like, it, it's different when you, when you do a regular show and you, let's say you go after somebody or you go after a table, you're just working on five people maybe right a group that like but then everybody else in that room has nothing to do with them right in this case it was more like mob mentality where when i was like hey go fuck yourself then the group is like you're talking to us yeah not you're you're not just talking to them you're talking to my group of 80 so then it was like no fuck you like but in in unison there's all of them and then it just went then i tried to put it back on the rails which i was like i'm sure i can done this a thousand times let me put this back together fuck you man like it was like they were yelling at you dude they were booing in unison for like 15 20 minutes the 80 people at this point it was more than their group so it was probably 200 people doing that oh my god yeah so is their group and then other groups chimed in so yeah booing you too unrelated groups yes yes whoa it was pretty crazy Wow. And then they're like, bring back the, <laughs> I had a black feature act. They're like, bring back the black guy. Like screaming that, screaming it, man. And it wow. went, and I, here's the thing. I resigned to the fact that it was so crazy. Mm-hmm. It was less emotional. I, I, and I talk about this on that episode than your standard bombing. Like uh-huh. when you're bombing uh, in a regular bombing where it's just not going your way. And you start to sweat and you're like, man, this fucking sucks. I'm right. chewing dicks up here. <laughs> but like. And that, and that like emotionally affects you. This was different in that I felt like their response to me was so outrageous. Like I felt like it was unwarranted how uh-huh. upset they were that it affected me less. Like I was just standing up there. I was like, all right, guys, here, ready for some more jokes as they're booing me. You know, like not as I wasn't as flustered as I've been during a regular a real bomb. Yes. So you were just dealing with a giant group of cunts. Yes. A school of cunts. Yes. Swimming through your pond. Yeah, it, 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 exactly. And Why didn't the club do something about that? That's that's the only part I, I, cause I take responsibility. 
I, I'm not, I'm, I try to make it clear on that on that episode that like I take responsibility for yelling at a guy for insulting people. Like I, I'm saying, I put it on myself that I uh-huh. made things go downhill. The club takes responsibility for kind of not really policing and. They like the one part is I tried to I told a guy that he had to go. I was like, You have to go. You're gone. See you later. And, you know, I've done that before. Sometimes uh-huh. you have to do that. Like right. you're out of here, man. Right. And then they were like the club came and talked they're like, just give him another chance. He's gonna be good now. And I was like, I've already thrown him out. Like there's no we're not negotiating now. Right. So, so the club asked to keep the guy there? Yes. So Why that did they part, do that? I don't know. But they they now realize that that was fucked up. Oh. Like I've talked to them and they're like that was that was our Some bad. people you can give a second chance. I've I've most likely most of the time I've asked clubs to leave people alone. Like oh, yes. they're okay. They're okay. Yeah, they're yeah, okay. yeah. They just uh, just I've done don't that. do that again. And, and they'll say that I'm like yeah. you can't yell shit out. It's just too too confusing. I've and, done that a bunch of times. Like he's okay. Right. But yeah, this yeah, time yeah. the the difference was this time I was saying get him out. Get him out. What was he saying to you while this was going on? He was, it was the fucking, he was the mumbler, the, the tagger. Uh-huh. And right. like, so we had our first interaction. We had another interaction. I think the third time I said something to him. I was like, what the fuck did you say? I forget exactly what he said. And then I was like, oh, you're a tough guy. And he's like, do you want to step outside and find out? And I was like, you can go outside cause you're out of here. You're done. Get out of my fucking show. It's my show. We're right. out of here. And they were like, what? And his table, he goes, we all go. I go, great. Have a great night. Get the fuck out of here. I don't need you here. That's when the, the crowd, the, the problem, we felt like we were discussing what happened. I was talking about it with the club, the guy, is that a lot of people in that room didn't couldn't hear know him. what he was saying. Right. They so they hear thought him. I was just attacking a guy for no reason. Right. That makes sense. But I still, I take, I was an asshole. That night. I but was, that's, you know, the guy was clearly, he was instigating it. Yeah, he was a fucking cunt. He was a real cunt of a guy. <laughs> and I didn't like him at all. And, you know, I, I, I don't think that, like, like I always say, I, I don't have to be, like, pleasing to the different, like, I, you know, I'm there doing comedy. You came to see my stand-up. If you want, if you're not liking it, that's cool. But if you try to take over the room... No. Well, it's not just taking over the room. It's interfering. Yeah, it's interfering. It's interfering with the performance, and it's there's hundreds of other people yeah. that have to deal with the fact that you have to deal with this guy. Yeah, yeah. It just, it's, it's all in how to do it and not lose your cool. And when you lose your cool, yeah, it's a, it's a fucking it's a bad scene. It's yeah. a terrible feeling, too. It's, it's crazy, and the audio is insane. I mean, you've probably not heard a, a bombing of, like that yeah it's a different it's not like a standard bombing i mean there's there's a lot of aggression from, from the crowd on it and how does it end well the best part the only i because i also was bummed at myself for not i was like i you know you, you always look at moments where you're like i wish i had said something funnier here right this was an opportunity to be funny really you know <laughs> so i was like a lot of it i was like i was like uh you know i really they won like they they defeated me I was like, but the only funny thing I'd said was like, at one point, the manager came up to the stage and he was like, are you okay? Like he was checking. He came on stage and was like, because it was so crazy in there. He's like, you all right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, do you want to keep going? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay. So he leaves and they're like, yeah, that's right. Get the, because f- they think he's telling me get off stage. Right. And I go, I go, he asked me if you guys wanted 
me to bring back the other guy and they go yeah like they scream yes and i go i told him you guys want more of me so here i am for more jokes and they're like Boo! like they go crazy <laughs> so they go so crazy at that part and these like, are canadians too yeah they go fucking some of the nicest ass. people ever but in the very end the lady who was running the one of the private events that night like she brought her group there mm-hmm. she was in tears she was crying and they brought her on stage. They were like, she wants to say something. And I was like, okay. Because my plan was just right. stay here the entire time, no matter right. what. Talk about recipes that you want to try. <laughs> like, and just don't Fuck please them. them. Yeah. Right. She gets up there and she's like, please. You know, I've done fundraisers here. Like, I really wanted this to be a good night. And I see like how like she's a, right. way affected by this. Please give him the respect of like some just your your time and like just let him talk and they're like it's too fucking late for that fuck it like they're going crazy oh right wow. and she's and i see her like just like she's defeated it's like someone was beating her up right you know and i was like oh my god and i go you know what this is 35 minutes in right to what's supposed to be like a 50 55 minute set so there's 20 minutes to go i was like you know what um i don't i want her to have a fun night she like she like it affected me that right. she was so i was like i'll tell you what because you're a nice lady and blah blah blah. i go i'll bring back the black guy and so i brought the black guy back on stage wow. and they went fucking it was like i said ladies and gentlemen chris Dave Chappelle. yeah they went crazy wow and i was like dude it's all you and he was like oh my god i can't believe people actually like black people here like he was like, so excited does he have any more material yeah, yeah, he had me. He had me. His name is, um, I should give him credit too. His name is uh, Trix. That's his whole name? Yes. Like Silly Rabbit? Tricks are for kids. Yeah. Wow. But Tricks. I mean, like, you know, he goes. Black guys can pull that off. They can pull shit like that off. It's T R I double X, I think. So that's on what episode of your mom's house? 172. All right. It's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun episode. <laughs> good for you, to. dude, for putting that audio up. It takes balls. Yeah, I wanted to, there's man. Tricks. I was trying to. Yeah, there's tricks. He did a good job, man. I, got, I totally give him credit. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. an interesting story. I'm going to listen to that podcast. I got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I got shit I got to do. Let's roll. Uh, what's uh, what's next for Tommy Buns? What is next? Um, when are we going to work together again, man? We got to we got to do some gigs. Yeah, we're definitely going to do. We're going to do something, right? What are we doing? We do in New York City in January. Yes, we're yes. doing New York. We're doing uh, the Grand Ballroom or something like that in Manhattan, the Manhattan Center. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, oh, December 27th through New Year's. Christina and I are at, so we're doing New Year's at the DC Improv. Oh, beautiful. So Great club. Yeah, we'll be there. Love that place. Washington, DC. Cold as shit, through. though, son. You're going to be in Maryland. It'll be cold. DC. Yeah. You're going to be down there when it's freezing. It's going to, I'm going to oh, freeze my dick off. Oh, yeah. that's fucking cold. Yeah, yeah. Very that's cool. fun. But then that's, I have, uh, I have like 20 new dates to add to my calendar, so those will be up for beautiful. 2014. So we'll do, uh, we're going to do that together. And what else are we doing? Are we doing something else? Um, yes. Phoenix, January 10th and 11th. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, good googly moogly. Yeah, so that's yeah. two, two Phoenix, we're doing stand-up live at Phoenix, uh, January 10th and 11th. Yeah, that's right. Is there, awesome. There, is there Tony a Hinchcliffe's fight? doing that, too. Oh, no shit? No, no, it's just the weekend. Just, just, uh, just comedy. Friday and Saturday yeah. night. Having Fuck some yeah. fun. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to 1-800-Flowers for sponsoring it for the first time. We, we hope you didn't get offended at our use of bad language. And in our descriptions of your fucking awesome flowers. Guys, buy flowers. What's wrong with you? 1-800-Flowers.com. Enter in the code word J-R-E and get yourself a Fields of Europe Christmas arrangement and receive 10 bucks off. That's uh, 
offer code JRE when you click on the little microphone in the right-hand corner. Thanks also to Ting. Go to rogan.ting.com and get yourself 25 bucks off your first Ting device when you sign up. Thanks also to onnit.com. It's O-N-N-I-T. Uh, use the code word Rogan. Save 10% off any and all supplements. We'll be back next week. Uh, Shane Smith and Eddie Huang, uh, both together on one show at the same time. Shit is going to be crazy. And uh, Lee Camp will be here next week as well. He'll also be Wednesday night. Lee Camp will be with us at the Ice House with uh, Tony Hinchcliffe and Ian Edwards and uh, other people. Lots more. We'll see you soon. Uh, Tommy Buns. One, one thing? Yes. Our good friend, the Matt, the, the Matt Full Charge. will be there, too. He has a new album out. That's right. He'll be here soon, too. If not next week, the week after that. Um, what's it called? Matt Fultrons? It's called This is the Part of the Job I Hate, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it's called. It's on iTunes. Beautiful. All right. Tommy Buns, ladies and gentlemen. Peace, Tom God. Segura on Twitter. Follow him and learn and, and grow in, in love and harmony. All right. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.